And we have a guest host to boot. We got Andy, the Dream Warrior. Uh, the Northern Alliance is aligned. Fucking the moon, the stars, everything's a go now. Like fucking this show, we're going to be ripping it up. We're bringing you serial killers. Hell yeah, what's going on, guys? You feel like Marky Mark in uh, that movie Rockstar. I finally uh, broke into the big time and joined the, joined the band. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Do you, do you like that movie? <laughs> I liked it the first 15 times I saw it on VH1. Now it's a little old. You watched that thing 15 times? Well, it's on VH1. I mean, it's right there. you got to watch it. It's Marky Mark. It's Marky yeah, that's, Mark. That's true, man. That's true. I was picking up good vibrations off him. <laughs> you know, one of my first memories of Marky Mark was, like, way back with good vibrations. Uh, I remember there was after I'd stay up late and watch Freddy's Nightmares on TV when it was, like, first dropping. And there was, like, a video show after... And it would always have, like, Marky Mark was fucking top of the charts for a few weeks. I just kind of remember that because of Freddy's Nightmares, staying up late to watch it as a kid. Nice. Yeah, a little off topic, but I just well, like to throw that shit in. I guess I don't, memories. Have, Mark, I memories. don't have a Marky Mark story. You got the tattoo on your <laughs> ass cheek, though. I don't, I don't want a Marky Mark story. <laughs> yeah, you wish you had a Marky Mark story. You got a Madonna story, though, I bet. Her dad you, lives you, around this area. <laughs> yeah, cool. I think I told you about that. Uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, wealthy up here. It's kind of a resort area, and they've got, like, um, kind of, like, uh, gated, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, 
gated communities. Communities, yeah. yeah, but there we've got some Places very. You can't go. <laughs> we well, actually, I worked at one one time. Really, it was like oh, Fortune nice. 500. You had like uh, Ford Airs there. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of fucking, a lot of big wigs, definitely CEOs of companies and shit like Wrigley's Gum and the guy who nice. started the infomercial lived there. Was the Wrigley's twins there? The Remember Wrigley's all twins? The bitches they used to have in the commercials? Yeah. That's what I'm Wrigley's more twins. About. All Minnesota has is Prince. He's got a place around here somewhere. Prince. When you go over and visit him, you can play basketball, and he'll make you pancakes afterwards. He is the purple one. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Prince, man. Mickey Free and all the boys hanging out at his place. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Nick, he thought Mickey Free was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Prince was a girl for a while, too. Yeah, no, 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 dumb. Seems like a bitch, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think we could get any more off top. There's no one around me. Like, I'm the biggest celebrity where I am, so. And Tony's There's got Liberace. No, not Liberace, fucking. Oh, John Vernon. Sketch. Well, yeah, it's just, yeah, he's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. John Vernon, he's the biggest <laughs> star of them all, man. That's true, fuck. Who else could say go fuck an iceberg with a straight face? Right, exactly. He's probably had experience. He's probably got his willy into a few of them. He's drilled a few holes. Go fucking iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I guess we got some questions here, too, for the show. Like, uh, I know, I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the commentary last time. Did you get a chance to check that out, Andy? Hell yeah, I listened to it at work a couple times already. Fucking A, there we go. Did you, people... did you check it out with the, I know you got the DVD, don't you, Andy? Yeah, I got a DVD copy from the J-Dog. I didn't actually... Oh, uh, okay. I didn't sync it up to the DVD yet, though. Cool. Yeah, I'm wondering if that synced up really good or not. I'm thinking it should have. Yeah, I think so. As long as you have the proper copy and go by the... uh, On the countdown, like... Yeah. Like, fucking Rocky (laughs) Dennis could figure that shit out. Well, I don't think there's anything uh, extra cut out between the VHS and the DVD, is there? Uh, nope. No, I don't think so either. You got a VHS copy too, eh? That'd be that'd be cool. Do it on the retro, on the old Vestron VHS. Yep, yep, I got that. Fuck yeah, run that shit. Cool. Yeah. All right, so what do you want to? You want to tear into? What do we got? We got something on the Facebook, or? Yeah, we got a few things on the Facebook. Like a uh, big fan of the show, Todd Westerling. He was uh, wondering if we checked out Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh yet. He's seen it on VHS the other day, and he said it's a cheese fest and a must-see. And I haven't seen the fucking thing myself. I've been wanting to for a while just because, you know, it's Pittsburgh, kind of reminds me of Romero, shit like that. And didn't you say Savini has something to do with this? Yeah, I heard on Profondo Cinema, I think they're talking about it on their Savini retrospective. Oh, okay, there you go. Those guys are like the Bible when it comes to Savini-Romero-related shit, so... Yeah, Definitely. I mean that that retrospect. Just not to get too far off topic, that <laughs> retrospect was pretty pretty in depth, very similar to the Romero one. Like uh, some of that stuff, I'd never even heard of. He did like a music video with uh, Twisted Sister, didn't he? And I, I've been trying to track yeah. that down that they were talking about. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't Romero direct like a Misfits video or something too? Yeah, I think yeah I that. that's uh, yeah. well. He had him in Bruiser, and I think he did some kind of like deal with him. Like, I'll direct a video if you appear in Bruiser or something. Probably, kinda, yeah. I think there's something yeah. like that. Yeah, he directed a Resident Evil commercial too. Did you ever see that? New. No. Yeah, that's on no. uh, YouTube. 
should check that out. When his name was still attached to it, probably. Uh, well, he it was actually a commercial for the video game, and then I think oh, okay. from that he did a, made a deal with him to like direct, and he wrote a script and stuff. So, I think that was the uh, the project that opened the door for him. <clears throat> but the door led nowhere. So, <laughs> the door was fucking like <clears throat> trap door. Capcom or whoever from Capcom are fucking morons. So, yeah. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, I guess we could mention uh, with within the mail, uh, Greg May uh, sent us that promo card thing. Uh, did you get a chance to check that out? Yeah, that's awesome, that thing. Did you see it, Andy, the promo? I guess probably not. Um, I don't think I did, no. No, we didn't post it up yet. He didn't. I don't think uh, uh, Greg uh, posted it on Facebook or anything, so... That's that's right. That's only limited to uh, the email, yeah. No, it's solid. Uh, I was actually talking to him today, and uh, he was saying we want to get some of those together for you to hand out at Cinema Wasteland if we can. Yeah, well, that'd be great, and yeah, that brings up yeah, uh, another great great topic. That yeah, I will be at uh, Cinema Wasteland uh, just April first. Uh, I'll be taking a trip down to Tennessee, and I'm gonna like shoot over to Ohio and uh, stop in just for one day and. Uh, Taking the show, uh, meet David Hess, of course. Um, some other stars. That, actually, the show is based around uh, Ruggiero Deodato, and I think projects, projects that he was involved in. I think there's going to be like three cast members for two or three cast members from Cannibal Holocaust, and then you've got like David Hess. He was a reoccurring actor with Deodato, of course. I think he did. Uh, what did he do? Three projects with Deodato, House, and uh, Hitchhike, and what? Body Count, right? Never seen Body Count, so. Oh, I think he, Body Count's under a, a couple different titles. They're gonna have the people from Cut and Run there too, like Michael Berryman, and he was he was in the one film Cut and Run. If you've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were planning a show around that maybe in the future, so a yeah, cannibal yeah. episode, so. Yeah, I, I, I got a ch- I, yeah, I got a chance to check that out. You know, back when we were kind of partly planning to to, to uh, do it, but uh, <coughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to meet Michael Berryman. He seems like a really nice guy. And uh, uh, Judith Ridley's going to be there. Uh, was from Night of the Living Dead, and I guess she doesn't sign very much. So no, fuck, she won't sign nothing. So you you better take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't. I wonder why she doesn't do conventions. I think she's been at like um, some of those old Night of the Living Dead reunion conventions from like the late '80s, but uh... can't put up with the smell of bo and all the nerds. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure she probably looks pretty good uh, still. Got all these fanboys trying to get up her skirt and stuff. I want to. I want to like, see her. I want to see what she looks like. Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, some other celebrities are going to be there, like John Carl Beekler and uh, mm-hmm. Ellen Sandweiss is going to be there from Evil Dead, you know. So all the all the Evil Dead chicks are going to be there, aren't they? Um, one of the gals isn't going to be there, I guess. But she, uh, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, There'll be enough for a threesome at least. Well, anyway. well, I guess she's going to send headshots. Um, with like yeah. Ellen Sandweiss or someone else that are already signed in case fans wanted her autograph. And I think that, you know what, like she wasn't able to make the date because of some play that came up. 
And, you know, I think that's really cool that at least she made the effort to, like, try to get people autographs so they're not completely disappointed, you know? Oh, hell yeah. At least it doesn't leave the fans holding their dick in their hand. Like, Well, what, some of the fans that something. might be disappointed that, like, wanted, like, a poster signed with all the gals. You know what I mean? Well. They're going to bring their own shit. But, you know, whatever. What can you do? You know, what can you fucking do? So Life goes on. It's not like this is the last convention appearance. Right, exactly. And um, I guess also 42nd Street Pete's going to be there, too, as well. And he's bringing uh, 35mm prints down. I'm not sure what night they're showing films. I think i gotta get I got to get uh, shit and get in the morning, Saturday morning. So I don't think I'm going to be staying up late for the festivities. I think I'm just going to... Check out the, you know, the convention, you know, get a few autographs and probably head back to the room and crash. So I probably won't do it, you know, too late. But uh, like I said, if anybody out there, uh, you know, recognizes me or whatever, sees me, you know, come on up. And uh, I don't know, uh, maybe we can meet up. I know I think John Navy's going to be going. I think he said that. And I know the Runk... magnificent runk you know be yeah. there so uh wear your furrock shirt you'll stick out oh you'll yeah either get, I'll you'll either get beat up in the back of the parking lot or something <laughs> you'll, they'll either buy your beer or beat you up one or the other hey 50 50 it's like yeah. rolling the dice i like i like i like those odds <laughs> yeah definitely so I guess let's. So I don't know. You a, want to get into the next question? Yeah, tear into the next question. What is it? Uh, do we? Do we didn't have any more on Facebook, correct? Mm. Sorry, I couldn't hear you, dude. Yeah, you were breaking up pretty bad. That's you all were right. Breaking up for a while, but uh, I was just hoping it would sort itself out. Did you see any more on Facebook? Mm. No, that was it. Okay. All right, well, uh, we'll just jump into a question here from uh, Todd Westerlin. Uh, hey, guys, love the show. I have a few questions for you. I want to know if you guys were looking forward to seeing Hobo with the Shotgun as much as I am. From the trailers, I think the film has so much potential. <clears throat> I have yet to see it, but after seeing Treevenge, a short film by uh, Jason Eisner, did a few years back, this guy really gave me a hard-on. I think this is the director that can bring back good, gory exploitation grease. Fuck the Piranha remake movie bullshit. Don't get me wrong, I love Machete, but Rodriguez won't make another Grindhouse or Machete flick that will just bomb in the box office. I really hope I'm not getting my hopes up uh, too high, but all the reviews I see on Hobo with the shotgun are very positive. Let me know what you guys think of this upcoming film, and if you haven't seen Treevenge short, I would highly recommend it. Um, last but not least, I, uh, wanted to see if you guys would do a review of Brain Scan. I think I heard you guys talking about a few shows ago, but it's very unappreciated film and one of my favorites. Peace. Well, let's, uh, you field this one first and then Andy and then I'll take a stab at it then. Okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to see, uh, Hobo with the Shotgun. Uh, I had a buddy, uh, um, <laughs> That's actually recently just uh, uh, into the show. I've turned him onto the show. Uh, Chris, yeah, if you're listening out there, man, yeah, he uh, apparently went out and seen this at the Sundance Film Festival and said it was fucking, yeah, he said it was badass and shit. I think he posted uh, some behind-the-scenes footage on my uh, wall. You you might have to look back a little bit, but uh, 
Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm dying to fucking see this. I, I've seen the, I think it was like a maybe a 30 second teaser originally, and then they released the uh, theatrical trailer. I'm fucking blown away just by that. But uh, you know, who knows? I mean, it's it's a wild shot in the dark nowadays. But I'll probably like it if it's if it's got you know special effects and sleazy rape scenes and just sleazery all over the screen. I'll love it. So. Yeah, I've seen the trailer too. I saw the uh, newer one with the old one didn't have power in it, did it? Well, no, I, I don't I, think so. No, there's the the, the, the trailer. The original mm-hmm. trailer was for the Grindhouse. It was like that fan, right? That, that fan entry that won the contest and it opened the movie is what it was. And it's not included on any of the fucking DVDs though or anything. Yeah, I've seen the uh, one with Rutger Hauer on YouTube, yeah. and that movie looks solid as hell. That looks awesome. The, the original trailer, I got lucky enough to see it when it played in the in the theaters, and it looked badass. And I've been wanting to see it since. So. No, it Hopefully played on Grindhouse, with... right? Like uh, hell the, yeah, the feature, right? Yeah. I've had a hard on for this, waiting for it ever since Grindhouse. I didn't think I'd see it come to light, though. Yeah, just based off of one scene in that trailer where the guy gets his head pulled off when he's in the manhole. That's like just makes me want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. That's my CTV right there. Well, you got uh, a little Christmas action happening with Santa Claus getting blown away too. So you know, we we love the you know the Christmas fucking gore. You know, we love mm-hmm. it here. So. Anything sleazy with Santa involved, I'm all about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> cool. I guess I'll take a stab. Yeah, like I guess I've already been kind of thrown in my two cents, but yeah, I'm stoked about it. Uh, I don't know, like he says, fuck Piranha remake. Did you guys see that? I thought it was actually pretty good. I wouldn't really call that exploitation or nothing, though. That's just... I didn't see it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. ass and gore. Mm. Uh, I think it's good. I got the Blu-ray. I was, I don't know. I had fun, but it's not exploit. I wasn't expecting anything like that. Machete, though? Oh, that's that's just golden. Hey, did you pick up the uh, 3D Blu-ray of that? Don't have 3D TV. Well, I figure t- the regular 2D version's on that, too, I think. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. So, well, uh, on that note, I was over to Buddy's house, uh, I think, like, a week ago or whatever, and uh, he- he's like, yeah, check out, you know, my TV. He's got, like, I don't know, 70-some inch or whatever. Humongous nice. fucking TV. And uh, I'm like, I thought it was a regular, you know, one. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's it's 3D and shit, and... He's like, you want to check it out? He like demos it to me, and uh, he puts the he puts the basketball game, I don't know, Bulls game or whatever on. He hooks me up with the glasses, and I was totally fucking blown away by this dude. It's not 3D where it comes out of the fucking TV, but it's like you could see down the court and shit. It's like depth. It feels like you're really there. It's kind of weird. It fucks with your head, but uh, it wears your eyes out. But, you know, I would like to see some of these movies, like, if that's what it looks like, if that's the quality they're giving you in home, I'd like to check out Piranha, and uh, what else came out in 3D not too long ago? I heard there's a cut of Dawn of the Dead on 3D. Ooh, that's fun to, to see. Yeah, the original, I, I, that's what I hear, that it's on 3D, yeah, 3D well, Blu-ray. If it looks like, um, if it looks like what I was seeing, like, with you know this guy's TV and everything, if it, if it's that quality, like you can see your, you can see depth, you can see down the hall, you know, you can see where the wall curves. 
I'll buy a 3D <laughs> TV just to fucking watch that and then scrap it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. This guy fucking, uh, he like, he, he told me it's like he's making, he bought it off QVC or whatever and he's making like $300 payments a month. I'm like, that's a fucking car payment, dude. Oh shit. <laughs> but he's like, I guess it's six months. So whatever the fuck that figures out too. Uh, you guys do the math out there, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd like, I don't know, man. I'd like to see them come down a little bit and maybe if they can get the technology down to where, you know, fucking it comes out at you actually, you know? Well, don't they have 4D TVs now? Oh, fuck. Would that be like it coming out at you or what? I don't know. I just saw it on TV. I'm not sure if they're even out yet. It's gonna come out and slap what would that and be? Roll your joints and stuff. <laughs> I was thinking it might be like just without glasses. Okay. I don't know. Interesting, like uh, like the Emperor and Star Wars hologram style, or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. Cool. Shit. That'd be that'd just be the limit, man. I take it we've you guys haven't seen Tree Venge. I haven't seen it either. Uh, I don't know. It. Is that the one where the Christmas tree attacks the person? Like it's like on Christmas or something. This tr- I've seen a one that I thought I don't know. I ain't seen it. This like tree uh, Christmas tree goes crazy and like I think attacks the like family on Christmas morning. Hmm. That sounds badass. Kills them. Yeah. I think you can find it on YouTube. If that's the one he's talking about, I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I don't. I think it's like a five or ten minute short. Fuck! It sounds boss nigger. <laughs> well, check it out. Uh, it should be on YouTube. Just type in Treevenge. I would imagine it's there. So. Oh but, yes, and last but not least, though, brain scan coming at you soon. Actually, I just ordered it off eBay, and Nick's got to get his greasy mitts. Yeah, on the copy, I, I should be able to obtain a copy. And... I would go loose enough to say Eddie Furlong masterpiece. Like he hits it out of the park. I, I'm, a, I'm a Furlong supporter. I'm like lobbying bring bring back the Eddie Furlong and the short skirts. Well, he, so. well he's in. Uh, weren't you saying he's in the Night of the Demons remake? So he's kind of making it solid. Back. Have you seen it yet, Nick? No, it's I good. haven't. I want to check it out, though. Uh, yeah, J Dog said it was good, so. Yeah, it's really good. I love it. Well, I've only Eddie seen Fur- like, Eddie the Furlong's first one good a in it. Time, so. Well, Furlong plays himself to a T. Right, exactly. Frank Langella's in that, too, is the lead detective guy, too. Yeah, Tiffany Sheppis is stealing money at the door in it, too. Yeah. Oh, Sheppis is in With it. Ass. Hell yeah. Really? Okay. I'm going to have to check it out, man. Definitely. Yeah, it's good times. It's worth a watch. Well, yeah, I'd like to check out Brain Scan, and I don't know, I, maybe we'll t- just talk about it in, like, the intro or something, or maybe we'll try to do an Eddie Furlong episode. It might be something. That's what I'm talking about. Eddie Whoa. Furlong fucking six-part retrospective. Six-part retrospective? <laughs> I'll skip those episodes. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> I, you know, the one that I'm going to have to say I'll have to pass on is that fucking Three Blind Mice bullshit. That movie was terrible. Like, I think he no, just no, did, gotta, I think he just did that for, some... like, an ounce or something of, like, some crack. Seriously. Oh, guaranteed. No, we got to talk, like, uh, American History X and Animal Factory and Terminator fucking Detroit 2. Rock City. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. I was getting to that. Detroit yeah, Rock City is good, too. Oh, hell yeah, man. I love all this stuff. 
Yeah, Daddy, well, you need Daddy. to check out that one where he's so. like, uh, he takes over this like reality show and it's like he's, I think he's like off in the people Pecker? or whatever. Oh, Pecker's Wait, good too. No, this is Yeah, he's in Pecker. We need to, yeah, we need to Waters, man. Yeah. You need to dig into some some throwback John Waters grease though, some pink flamingos and female trouble, buddy. You don't know nothing about that. I don't know. Well, I'm sending you pink flamingos. I I need to get a copy of uh, female trouble again, but uh... is that one of Stephen Jeffries later films, pink flamingos? <laughs> he would he would have fit right in with the cast, I'm sure. Right there, is his suck, name, sucking is name for his cock. <laughs> Pink Flamingo, fuck. Ay, ay, ay. I think we should get into D's question now, eh? Yes, Good definitely. Old D. Go ahead and tear he's him a, into he's it. A, he's always good for a question. But well, you may as well take this one because the next one's a book. Is like You said you didn't want to read the next one, so it's oh, too long. Well, either way, I don't know. Let me get my chat, my, my little uh, thing back here on Yahoo. It's not clicking back. It's game face on. There we go. I wasn't ready. I, I was reading the other question. Here we go. D, I got your question here, ready to roll. Hey, boyos, your old pal D back here once again. This is a time. This time, a question that doesn't have to do with uh, horror, grease, or crazy shit. I've oh, been on a. <laughs> well, that's what we're all about. But uh, yeah, he's, he's let's cut it off now. <laughs> He goes on. Uh, I've been on a Stallone kick recently and been wa- rewatching the Rocky yeah. series. Yeah, well, Dream Warrior himself is here, so, uh, you know, all your candy yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, he says he's uh, been rewatching uh, the Rocky series and other great flicks like Over the Top, Cobra, the Rambo films. So I was wondering what your guys' top five favorite Stallone flicks are. Mine would have to be Rocky, Rocky Four, First Blood, Cobra, uh, Rambo Four. Also, uh, what kind of beers and hard alcohol do you guys drink? As always, take her sleazy motherfuckers. <coughs> and Andy, you're more than welcome to chime in on this one too as well. So, <clears throat> oh, I'm ready. All right, well, well, I guess go ahead and set it off, buddy. All right, well. Top five Stallone is pretty hard to pick since he doesn't make any bad movies, but uh, in no particular order, Cobra, Over the Top, Tango and Cash, Rocky Four, and probably First Blood. Mm. Yeah, There's some good ones. Tango and Cash, forgot about that one. Yeah, that, that came in that two-pack I picked up with Cobra recently, so I'd never seen that before. Yeah, I got the same two-pack from Walmart for five bucks. Yeah, that's a damn good deal. I'm sure, J-Dog, you probably already got both those films, huh? I got, what, the Rambo movies and stuff? No, Cobra and Tango and Cash. I don't have Tango and Cash. I got it on VHS somewhere. I got Cobra. It's on on a snap case. Yeah. Okay. I saw Derek Derek has the two-pack, too. Oh, nice. I got the rest of them on Blu-ray, though. Like, I got all all four Rambo movies on Blu-ray and all the Rocky movies on Blu-ray. Fantastic. So what? I, I know what your number one pick is, J Dog. My, a... my top fives are uh, would well, be Rocky Two because I grew up with a copy of that <laughs> shit, so I watched the fuck out of it. Ooh, Rocky Two, yeah. First Blood, uh, Cobra. I love Cobra. Oh, fuck. 
Then then it gets hard. Then it'd be. Uh, I got one for you. Um, how about uh, the Italian stallion? Is porno? No, that's your favorite. favorite. <laughs> I always like lockup. I always like lockup. Yeah, yeah, that's lockup. Lockup's good. Like if that's four and ah, oh, fuck. No, probably... over the top. Well, what's the? Well, I love over. Uh, I love over the top too. That's why it's so hard to pick the last one because I watch the shit out of the over one the with top, uh, so. Wesley Snipes. That's a good one. Demolition Man. Demolition yeah. Man. That's the shit. Those weren't dude. bad. You ever see Victory? I, I like that one. That's a, no. that's an early clone. I've like, never seen that. It's good. I got a, like a VHS big box. I'd say Victory, just kind of a wild card, because uh, it's like uh, there are a bunch of prisoners in like a Nazi camp, and it's kind of like the Longest Yard kind of thing where they play the guards, and it's like a jailbreak. <laughs> you know what? I think I might have seen that actually. And Stallone's always trying to escape and shit. And mm. Fist is good too. You ever see Fist? Mm-mm. Another early Stallone movie where he's like plays like a union leader and he's That's a good movie. Yeah, that's good that's a good one too. Nighthawks well, is good. Yeah. yeah Fuck it's got still Spinell on it, doesn't it? Fuck, yeah, for a Spinell factor <clears throat> it almost make it in, yeah. Right. Cliffhanger's solid, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Cliffhanger's solid. It's oh, bad. It's I love bad. it how you're like you, you just say that so nonchalantly. Oh, everybody knows Cliffhanger's solid. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I remember when that came out on video, like my folks rented it and we watched it and I just I don't even as a kid I knew it sucked. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Fuck when Andy talks, it's like the book of revelations, man. Like I'm sorry, I just hate cliffhanger. Biblical truth he's speaking. That's the last time I ever watched Cliffhanger. I like the one where he's like in the tunnel and it's like caved in. A daybreak? Yeah. <laughs> But if you like if you like Daybreak and don't like fucking hey what about Copland? What about Copland? Oh, Copland's good. Oh, that's yeah. He's fatter. He's he's kind of that's fat Stallone. I like the fat Stallone. Fat dumb Stallone. Me too. He's a dummy in that. (laughs) He's a dummy in real life, though. So I mean. Oh, there's that one though. I think it's a piece of shit where it's like it's like in a mansion and shit like that. What the fuck's that movie? Stallone, like. Fucking I've never God. seen something like that with him in a mansion. What Are you talking about rhinestone? No, no. It's like something from the 90s. It's fucking shitty anyway. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. No. no. It, it wasn't action or nothing. It was like trying to be like comedy kind of movie. I don't know. Stop or my mom will shoot? Well, that's just fucking garbage. <laughs> it, was right around, it was right around in that time, though. What about Judge Dredd? Fuck that movie. Yeah, we can fuck itself too, right in the goat ass. Judge Dredd. It was on TV here the other day, actually. Did you watch I it? Actually, I, I, I wasted money. I took a chick to that movie. Got some titty, though. So what was, was, Yeah, what was the point of going to that movie? Did you think it was going to be good? I wanted to be entertained, first off, and get uh, titty as a bonus. Like, the, fuck, the whole point, like, if I'm going to have to pay to watch a shitty movie, I just may as well get a hooker, and then I can go home and I use that time to watch a good movie. Go watch Dawn of the Dead or something. While you're fucking the hooker. <laughs> wow, for, for the price you pay to go watch a movie, you can suck on tits for like five bucks for a hooker. I'm sure. <laughs> That's I, a deal. That's probably a good... If all you want to do is suck on them a little That's bit. That's the I'm coupon sure price, sure she'll catch you a price. Food stamps and yeah. Julie Pepsi and here, suck my tits. Here's five bucks, too. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we got classy women here. <laughs> So, um, so th- that's your like top, I don't know, you gave us your top 20 that, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have to like go with you on uh, Rocky too. That definitely makes my top five list, and and so does Demolition Man. And, and, you know, Over the Top's a classic, and I mean those are really those really are the classics. Of course, you gotta throw Rocky one in there. You know, that's that's like I think it's big claim to fame. Yeah, of course, First Blood. I mean, those are like the basics. Like uh, if you'd never seen anything by Stallone, that's what you cut your teeth on. And Cobra. I mean, I I just recently. When I bought that two-pack, that's the first time I saw Cobra, and I should have seen that fucking movie when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know where that one, you know, how I missed that one, but that's I saw a lot. I saw Lock Up. Fuck. Doesn't yeah, that lock you, up? you watching that in the crib? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Victory! You need to check that out. Like, like I said, it's got like Michael Caine, and because it's got that. Uh, Soccer star Pele. It's got Pele in it. Pele? <laughs> yeah, he's ripping it up. Well, that makes me want to see it. Yeah, that yeah. really makes me want to see it. <laughs> you really, you, you sold me, J Dog. You really you did. Go. It's we'll got a soccer it planet player in it. I'll watch it. It's worth a watch. Yeah. It's just like watching an action film because the guy knows how to kick. <laughs> motherfucker can't act, but he can kick you in the head. So. What, he's fighting in it? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Uh, well, they, they do, just kicking. Well, they do a jailbreak at the end too, so they there's a little bit. They, they win the game, and when the they kind of just when the crowd comes out the party, they they just kind of leave with the crowd because there's the Nazis can't shoot all the people, so they're Nazi. Oh, it's like a camp or <laughs> yeah, something. They're, oh. Yeah, they're in a they're in a Nazi camp. Yeah, Stallone's playing a Jew or something. I don't. Cool. Know. That sounds <laughs> interesting. That's a stretch. Stallone doesn't have the acting chops to play anything but Italian. <laughs> That's true. Hey yo, Polly, hey, <laughs> Oh fuck! I guess we got one more question here. Well, uh, well, well. D also wanted to know what kind of. Drink. Oh, sorry, we cut you off. He wants to know how to get shit faced. Yeah. Ah. Well, well, for me, it's Jack Daniels and hairspray. Fuck. <laughs> For me, it's probably Jägermeister most of the time. Mm, never tried that. Then just beer. Just a well, bit. if you like black licorice, you'll love a Jägermeister. So. Okay. Well, I used to drink like the Skid Row wine, so just to get a liquor <laughs> job on. It's like pretty much uh, Kool-Aid and antifreeze mixed together is what it was. Just let some grapes rot in a glass. That's about what it is. Yeah. Well, I drink the brews at work too when I find them. Get into them on a night shift. Get all shit faced. Nice. Tell me. Well, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I delve into the Jack, but I don't know. It's like past couple of years, it like really upsets my stomach and like makes me get like real bad pains and shit. So I don't really fuck with that anymore. But uh, usually, I drink stuff like Newcastle, Sam Adams. You know, like top shelf fucking beers and ales. Um, and cheap wine too as well. Like I get, I, we find this like wine, me and my girlfriend, it's like four bucks, like for a big bottle of it. It's like sweet wine and I don't know, pretty much whatever you got. I love, uh, up. I love Pabst Blue Ribbon too. Like I'm a PBR man, you know, as far That's as good cheap stuff. beer goes. Um, I like malt liquor too, uh, you know, Colt 45 Sam Adams good. I like well, Mickey's. Yeah, Mickey's is good, uh, you know, with I the, drink the Heineken. Ew, I don't like fucking Heineken. Ugh. Pussy. I'll fucking drink it. I like a warm bottle of, um, what is that called? The. 
<laughs> like I like snops and shit like that, like uh, warm bottles of snops and stuff. I don't really like that stuff chilled. Do you guys have Weiser's whiskey there? That's the only I, I like that. Oh, we've got stuff like Canada House. I don't know. It's you guys got pussy liquor there anyway. It's, you got it's called Canada House, and it's probably made in fucking California or some shit. So for that's, sure, that's the shit that don't make the cut here. We send it off to you guys. You guys <laughs> got pussy beer, like fucking. What's, what's your beer? Four percent. You got half beers, fucking. Well, that's why I drink the ales and shit your, like that. Your hard liquor is probably not even fucking forty-five percent. <laughs> they give American liquor to Canadian school kids. Well, they should. <laughs> That's what, that's what they send in their lunch. It's like the little sippy cups. I fucking put it in the thermos. American half beers. So here you go. So yeah, I don't know. You guys want to talk drinking? Fuck up. Fuck. You guys don't know nothing about drinking. I'm like Jim <laughs> Leahy. You ever see Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like Mister. I'm like Mister Leahy when I drink the whiskey. Fuck. <laughs> Just a soak. Yeah, that's what I get down. That's why I don't drink much anymore. Fuck. That's why I'll end up in jail, not working you, there. You get wild. What, what do you like? Crash through walls and shit, or what? Let's hear some drunken yeah. stories. Let's hear. Did you? What do you like? like Kissing people's of, plants like, and shit at their house, and like take dumps on their floor and shit, or what? Oh, no, no, no. I do. Mean, I've like I've like pissed in people's drinks and stuff before. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, hey, hey, it's just like pissing the drunk girl's drink or something like that. So you've it's never taken like, you never taken like a dump in your like fucking drawers, like. Oh, no, I don't shit myself. I get rowdy and like fucking throw throw like a roast in the dryer. <laughs> the worst thing I did, I at this party, I threw fucking some steaks under the mattress in the bedroom. Because I didn't like the people. I was like a mean little fucking Oh, badass. like so they'd rot and shit and stink the place yeah, out? Yeah, oh. like, This chick didn't find him for about a month and a half. Oh, my the God. place just stunk. And, like, me and my buddy, like, we threw a... It was a ham. We threw it in the dry. <laughs> turned it on high. <laughs> yeah, we, some, we, were, we were hardcore little motherfuckers. I knew some people that got drunk and they were cooking some steaks and they didn't realize till after they were done eating them that they didn't turn on the grill. Nice. Raw? Yeah. It's like, why don't these steaks ever cook? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I remember at another party, we they had a freezer full of meat, and me and some guys, like, we had a connection going. A guy was keeping six out front, and we were passing them out the basement window and putting them in the trunk, and we went and had a big steak fry at the house. That's when we lived in the flop house, me and a bunch of guys. Jeez. Oh, yeah. J-Dog got down when he was young. Fuck. We, did, nice. we, did, we did all we did all kinds of nasty shit. <laughs> it's Canada, man. It's Canada, eh? Every it's man Canada for himself. It's, well, my motto is a man's got to eat. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, you got to get down. You got to get exactly. down. Yeah, and if someone said anything about it, we hit them so hard they never said anything again. So fuck it. <laughs> just like, we're just like gangsters. <laughs> eat the curb. Class of yeah. nineteen eighty four. What the fuck? Yeah, fucking yeah. That's why I was. I I love that movie, so it probably did influence my gangsterism a little bit. <laughs> That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, all the shit I watch, guaranteed. Well, I guess fuck. We should get into this last question though before we run too long, like we yeah, always yeah, do. Yeah. But this one's uh, from a new listener. I just turned him on to the show today. Actually, uh, this is the Beck man himself, Adam Beck. And, um, yeah, he, he's loving the show so far. Like, uh, he writes us and he says, hey, guys, just wanted to say I absolutely love the show. 
He's like, I've been meaning to listen for a while now, but haven't had the opportunity until now. He's like, looking at your past shows, I decided to dive right into episode three featuring the Joe Spinell talk. He says he's not a big fan of either Last Horror Film or The Undertaker, but Last Horror Film is the clearly better of the two, he writes. And uh, with some things talked about on episode three, he's kind of calling us out. <clears throat> he's saying, uh, I don't believe Troma had anything to do with the Last Horror Film. Uh, it was actually financed, distributed by Winter Company, or by Winter's Company and MHE. He says Troma's only involvement was in the re-releasing of the DVD, so... That makes sense. That so they never even put it. out, like, the VHS then. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because the VHS came out on the media, so I was kind of wondering. I looked, and it didn't say anything to do with trauma, so I never really knew that. So, yeah, thanks for t- tuning me in on that. Yeah, awesome fact. Fuck yeah, I like to know the facts, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Then he says it's uh, actually kind of ironic, he said, that Troma would even distribute the DVD in the first place, he says, because Spinell uh, actually hated Lloyd Kaufman and Troma. Like, he thought the Kaufman brothers were the worst and turned down several film roles that were offered to him in the 80s. So, yeah, he thought Troma was fucking piece of shit and didn't want anything to do with them, more or less. They were too sleazy for Joe Spinell. Too low low budget even for Spinell standards. Yeah, it's like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to go do this other film. Right, I work with Stallone. Fuck you. (laughs) Maybe Troma. I'm I'm friends with Steven Spielberg. Go fuck yourself, you know? (laughs) Maybe Kaufman's blow was cut or something. <laughs> Didn't want to work. Be, with yeah, you know, Kaufman, I could see him bringing him into the office and being like, well, you know, having the line down and stuff for him already, knowing that's his thing, you know. Yeah. said, nope, this ain't good enough, you know. I, I'm going to go where the blow is pure. Yeah, what, well, my shit straight from Columbia, like <laughs> fucking Kaufman's are cutting their shit with baby laxative and <laughs> baking powder and shit. <laughs> They probably wouldn't pay him what he wanted, man, because I think he wanted, like, 10000 a picture, and that would have been, like, their entire budget, so. Well, yeah, they offer him two keys of flour instead. (laughs) (laughs) He probably would have came back and blew him away. Totally. (laughs) But, yeah, he's got more, he says, in regards to The Undertaker. He says it was actually, uh, or he says it wasn't an unfinished film at all. He says, although Joe passed away uh, shortly after the filming was completed, and for whatever reason, uh, never really got an official release. But he says the film was finished, edited, scored, the whole shebang. He says he's owned a copy of The Undertaker for several years on VHS. And he said it was a copy that Spinell personally gave to his best friend, Cell. Which, wow. Adam, yeah, Adam's friends with Cell now, so. Yeah. He, he's, he's actually got a whole bunch of Spinell's personal belongings through Cell. Oh, that's and really then cool. Yeah, that's fucking badass, man. But then he goes on to say, I've uh, yet to see the DVD release that Code Red put out, but from the things he's heard, both from us and other people, he said it sounds like the version put out on the DVD is drastically different than the finished cut of the film he has. He said it's been a few years since he sat down and watched it, but he don't recall anything whatsoever of the health spa and people working out. He said the cut he has opens with a woman's car breaking down on the side road and... Uh, some biker pulls over and tries to rape her in the woods. And yeah, that's just... in there. That's in there, but that's, that happens later. Yeah, it's so kind of different So maybe they just, maybe this was stuff that maybe they were going to add in, or who knows what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We said he's been told by a lot of people, too, that the death scenes are heavily edited or cut out completely in the Code Red release as well. So Yeah, that's why I thought it was that it was unfinished, because it didn't seem like they'd film the death scenes. 
Yeah, like he says, the one he has, there's like 13 people getting killed, lots of stabbings, a guy hitting the head with a meat cleaver, etc. Like he says, it's still a mess, and Joe's all over the place at times, but uh, it's well, weird Well, he's sweating that, like a maniac. I'm like, he probably, like I said, he probably like... Leaving uh, grease stains behind It, it was probably just a rough shoot for him, and he probably was out of shape and couldn't do a lot of the shit they wanted him to do. They probably had chase scenes they wanted him to do, and he just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he just says it's weird that they'd go and re-edit the entire film and put two different cuts out. Uh, but he guess he he figures too though that only a small percentage of people actually have even seen the original cut anyway. So Code Red, who the fuck would know any different? I wonder <laughs> if um, if the materials for the cut uh, uh, Adam Beck has is uh, like they just it was a VHS and they had no thirty-five millimeter print. Maybe who knows. Of that particular cut. Hard to say. He's going to hook us up with it, though. I'm going to trade him a copy of Mutilator, and he actually wants a copy of the Code Red version I have, so I'm going to see if I can hook that up for him somehow, too. And okay. get, I'll get this, and I'll ship it off to you. But yeah, yeah he I'd says, love anyway, to see Keep it. up the great work, and looking forward to more future episodes of Exploited Cinema, The Buzzkill. Well, uh, I'm glad we didn't get Buzzkilled, because I, 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 I don't know if everything's always completely factual you know sometimes i'm going by memory so i'm sure we'll get buzz killed here soon <laughs> but uh thanks I go by a the lot. seat of my pants yeah, i know exactly but uh yeah thanks a lot for uh writing in adam and uh you know definitely love to hear uh more questions and stuff that was uh definitely uh interesting to hear about that film though and and that cut being in like alternate cut because i know i kept talking to you about it and you kept saying Oh, we'll see. It's a mystery cut. <laughs> you know, I know you had your doubts that it even existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I'm super stoked to get this. I'll ship both you guys off a copy so we can all, like, fucking revel in the grease that is the original fucking Undertaker cut. That'd be solid, because I've never seen the last horror film or the Undertaker, so. Oh, fuck. You need yeah. to get them, man. That's yeah. some good stuff. Awesome. So, I guess that's it for the questions, eh? Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll probably roll to a break. This has probably gone on long, long enough as long as our uh, intros usually do. They're long ended, yeah, so we like we like to talk shit. Whatever, we're popular. People listen to our show, so whatever. I don't care. I'm making fucking thousands of dollars. And you should see, I got six fucking blondes waiting in my room, and the show's paying off. So I don't even need free DVDs. Fuck it, I'm quitting the show right now. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm making too much money off it. I know how it is. Yeah, fuck. Well, like the Dream Warrior webpage is like multi platinum and bringing in fucking bags of money too. So yeah, I'm ready to retire. Yeah, we're just sellouts now. We're just yeah. shills. Well, I mean, uh, Andy. I mean, after you got those killer mutilator posters, like, what is the point of doing any more videos? You've reached the top of the mountain. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go to porn now or something. Start my career over. Yeah, Cole, yeah. you need to get into the there big boxes, buddy. You need to you need to dig some of them big boxes out of those pornos. Classics. Yeah. That's just not a good combination, those words, big box and porno. Like, <laughs> some, guys, some guys like that, Jason. Some guys do like that. It's like that double fisting action where you're yeah. clapping in there and everything. Big hairy boxes. Hairy like some box. dirty old big boxes. Huh. <sighs> Well, fuck, what better way to break into a break than hairy boxes? Yeah, you can't beat it. 
<laughs> well, definitely. Well, uh, how about, eat uh, it? how about we have, uh, Andy do the honors and roll, roll into the break. I love you guys. Um, you guys are uh, listening to Exploited Cinema. Stay tuned for some serial killer talk. We'll be right back. Attention podcast shoppers. If you have a sweet tooth, we have a special treat for you. If you download an episode of Profondo Cinema in the next half hour, we'll give you a bag of audio ear candy free to take home to the kitties or enjoy yourself. So, hurry and download an episode at ProfondoCinema.com. Return to the vanished kingdoms of ancient times. Journey through a lost empire of mad wizards and barbaric fashions. Behold the saga of a legendary warrior, a loving father who has the power of a dozen armies in one sweep of his mystic blade. This is a story of honor, disgrace, vengeance, massacre, and a man who became a demon, Shogun Assassin. Once, he was the greatest of the magnificent samurai. Now, he hunts the evil lords who butchered his wife and stained his honor. One man and one child defy the most notorious masters of death on the planet. Like father, like son, Meet the greatest team in the history of mass slaughter. Nothing on earth can match their infernal fury. Nothing on the screen can match this awesome spectacle of sword and sorcery. Assassin.
Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're coming to you with uh, three serial killers this week with uh, March Madness, Serial Killer Month. And uh, we're going to start this uh, segment off real quick here with uh, J-Dog's first uh, installment of uh, Serial Killer Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bringing you, uh, I, drew the, I drew the John Gacy card, so I'm, uh, I'm bringing you the Gacy man himself. I'm going to be talking about uh, the sick pervert that uh, killed and raped 33 young boys. He was caught uh, in, was it, late 78 or so? Is when he was uh, yeah seventy eight. Looks like February seventy eight on his yeah, early seventy eight. So yeah, but yeah, no, that's uh, the one I got. Like uh, a lot of you guys are probably familiar with Gacy. There's quite a few movies on him, but I'm just going to give you a little breakdown, like his a uh, little bit of the backstory and stuff, like uh, kind of what made him the man that he is, like the fucking sick, twisted bastard that he was. But like Gacy, he was born in the early forties, like March seventeenth, nineteen forty two, in Chicago. And he's, he was the only son, like, uh, he had uh, he had a sister, and uh, I'm not sure, did he have a brother? I'm not sure about that. He was the only son, yeah, so yeah. he had two sisters. And, it, like, his dad was a drunk. Like, he, was, he worked as a machinist. They come from a Polish family. Uh, but, yeah, his dad used to, like, to come home in the evenings and sit in the basement and get drunk. And he'd come upstairs, and, like, Gacy's mom, she kind of lived under the fear of... Uh, like of uh, John Senior, I think was his name. Like, yeah, John Samuel Gacy was his dad. So, uh, like the whole family kind of lived in fear of him. He'd sit in the basement, get shit faced, come upstairs, eat his supper, belittle his son, belittle his wife. He was a real hard ass. So yeah, and he, he was severely disciplined by his father, uh, and it just I don't know. It all came to a point like Gacy had a lot of health problems as a kid, and his dad he never wanted to acknowledge them. Like, he used to say that the boy was faking, like, when he'd pass out, uh, due to head traumas that he had when he was, as a child, he was, uh, also a, what, a bottleneck heart is what he, Gacy referred to it as, is what he was born with, so it kept him out of, like, physical activities, he couldn't play sports as a child or anything like that, and as far as I know, in the medical book, so there's no such thing as a bottleneck heart, so. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that before. No, me either. Like, I've got books on it and stuff, and it even says that a lot of this was, a lot of it was in Gacy's head. Like, he was, he was a sickly boy as, as a child and stuff, but, I don't know, I think he played, played up on it a lot, too. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys, like, because I tried to write down a lot of stuff that really is, I think, I tried to not write down stuff that was, like, bullshit and stuff from these guys, because you never really can believe what the fuck these guys are you know, just trying to get attention or, you know, what it is. Right. Mm. You'll see with a lot of serial killers, too, like, they all had fucked up childhoods, and that's a lot of the root of what they become. Right, like yeah. alcoholism is a big one, definitely. Yeah, and abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, exactly, like, Gacy's father was an alcoholic, he could abuse him, and it's, like, uh, noted, too, like, when Gacy was nine, he was uh, molested by a friend of the family. So that's also a big trait that's... Uh, prevalent in a lot of these serial killers that they're molested at a young age and head injuries another big one which gacy had when he was 11 he got struck in the forehead by a swing it resulted in a blood clot that they they didn't actually find it until he was 16 because he began to suffer from blackouts and uh that's when they finally discovered he had a blood clot and that's from the resulting from the injury when he was 11 
And yeah, he just had a lot of problems in high school. Like he was uh, in and out of school a lot. Like he was in the hospital quite a bit because of the, his blacking out uh, events. And he, he attended four different high schools <clears throat> and dropped out of each one of them. Never, never actually graduated from any of them. So then finally, when he was about 20, uh, he fucking got in an argument with his old man. Because I remember I read this in a book, like Gacy's dad was really controlling and he bought him his first vehicle. But like, nice dad goes and buys him a fat vehicle and stuff, but controls the keys. Like, kind of used it to fucking keep a leash on his kid. And finally, when Gacy was uh, got a little bit older, he got in an argument with his old man and he said, fuck this. And he took off with the vehicle. That's where he went to Las Vegas and worked in the mortuary for a few months. Wonder what he did there. Actually, it's documented that Gacy talked with some of his psychologists and stuff, and he'd do some, uh, like, he wouldn't uh, go into great detail, but, like, he'd, uh, the one night he took a body out of one of the coffins and laid in there. Jesus Christ. Just to see what it would feel like. He actually might even have laid there in in with one of the bodies at one time. But, yeah, I, I remember I read that in the book Buried Dreams. It covers that. But this is kind of when Gacy had his uh, transformation from being like the the soft fucking like the, he was always a mama's boy and he could he didn't stand up to himself with his dad and when he went away for th- the three months to Las Vegas he came back a new man like fuck he come back he eventually like he enrolled in school he ends up finishing he graduated from business college and uh, that's where he met his first wife not long after this uh, when he. Uh, Decided, he, I think he met her when he was working in the shoe, when he was selling shoes, actually, in Springfield. And then he, he met her, and uh, I think her father owned a bunch of Kentucky Fried Chickens was the thing. And he yeah. was looking for someone to manage them. That's how Gacy got the nickname of the Colonel. He <laughs> kind of, yeah, like, he was, he insists that people call him the Colonel. He's really full of himself, this motherfucker. But it was, uh, this is when he was doing all the stuff with the JCs, like the Junior Chamber of Congress. Mm-hmm. when he was uh, doing all the volunteer work. And this was right around the same time that Gacy started to stage, like, stag films and stuff for, like, different JC events, which would be held in either Gacy's basement or at the hall and places. And I think this is uh, what led up to his uh, sodomy conviction, actually. Yeah. It was when he was uh, he was talking to this one ch- this one <clears throat> kid that worked for him at his Kentucky Fried Chicken, like, yeah, you ever see a stag film and stuff, and invited him over to the house and was showing him this stag film. And in the process, I can, like, tried to molest the kid, handcuffed him, all kinds of weird things, and he just paid him off, though. And that was kind of Gacy's M.O. at first. He was using these young boys that worked at the Kentucky Fried Chicken store that he'd run, and he'd have them over and rough him up a little bit and stuff but he hadn't like fully full-on molested anyone at this point but i guess i kind of missed out the part that kind of triggered this whole thing when uh, gacy was out drinking with one of his buddies though and uh they got all drunk and went back to his place for more drinks and gacy claims like he uh blacked out and woke up and he was naked but I've also, <laughs> I've also read interviews Wait. where where gacy got drunk and the guy like he woke, he passed out, woke up, and the guy was sucking him off, and he figured, oh, wow. That's what I've heard, too. Yeah, and he just kind of let him finish. and No, stop. Yeah, it's like, oh, what are you, like, kind of, what are you going to do? Like, may as well let the dude finish kind of thing. And, what? But, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's not that's, the philosophy I'm going with. Right? <laughs> I think what I'm rolling with either, but that's what Gacy was thinking, like, because, like, the guy was telling him and stuff, well, fucking... 
when you go out drinking, you try to find chicks, you can't find chicks. Well, you got to be able to swing both ways. You got to be able to get your rocks off. Like heads head more or less is what this guy was telling Gacy. I've never heard that one before. (laughs) That's Gacy's philosophy. He'd use it on the boys later on, like fucking with his, uh, at the, working at the KFC and stuff. Like he'd be fucking, he'd be telling these boys, hey, heads head, like kind of thing. Yeah. He's trying to promote his gayness. Like Andy said, he's heard, he's heard of that stuff before too, so. Yep, it's it's uh, running rampant in Minnesota actually. Yeah, it's, it's a disease. It's like the fucking state's motto: heads head. Yep, <laughs> take what you can get. Exactly. Wasn't well, that like on Jay and Silent Bob? It's like fucking heads head. George Carlin saying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, lo- not long after, like I was saying, when they moved to Iowa, he's uh, gets in these. Uh, gets in the trouble for uh the sodomy conviction he had been mixed up in all kinds of weird shit though like there was uh reports of wife swapping going on with like gacy and other members of the jc organization that he was uh kind of one of the heads of and it was just real real seedy underlie like in uh as far as the community and stuff go like gacy painted a picture like he was really involved like you needed something gacy would fucking organize all these jc events he'd they spend uh spend his own time painting and doing all this other stuff but in the meantime like he's running stag films and like uh rumors of prostitution going on and he's diddling the young boys and well, it works it worked for him it was like a cover-up for him to be able to get away with what he was doing i'm an upstanding you know individual in the community nobody would suspect me and like that kind of just reminds me of like the '60s and the '70s, like how the thinking was, common thinking was. He's a respected individual in the community. He would never do something <clears throat> like that. Kind of the innocence of the past that's not really around anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's. I don't think it's really just innocence. I think it's like being naive to think that these yeah, people aren't out there, you know, doing S- stuff like square, this. Squareness, yeah. Right. Taking people for face value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets even better. Like in, by late '67, like Gacy, when he was uh, beginning to abuse these teenage employees of the restaurant, like he opened uh, what was con- referred to as the club at his house, and he'd let the boys sit there and he'd get get them shit faced, and he'd make like sexual advances towards them, like uh, challenge them to a game of pool, like loser has to give up a blowjob and shit like that was one of his big jokes. It's like play for a blowjob is what he'd always say. It wasn't like, a that- joke. Well, yeah, he'd kind of say it as a joke that way. If you were like, right. yeah, fuck you, you faggot, he'd just kind of laugh. But if you were like, word, like, he'd jump all over it. Right. But, yeah, like, he was, uh, like, Gacy, he'd be bringing these guys over, and he'd be uh, telling them he's doing the experiments for the government. Like, he's been uh, commissioned to do uh, research on uh, sexual, like, on uh, homosexual experiments is actually is what it was, like, uh the government wanted to figure out they were trying to get into the heads of the homosexuals and all this stuff. So Gacy was paying these boys 50 bucks a pop to like exper- experiment with blowjobs and shit like that. He was saying it was all in like the good of science. And of course, these square boys in the late 60s, they're, they're buying it like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something good for my country as they're fucking blowing rod and <laughs> paid 50 bucks to do it. Well, yeah, that's all. It's a strange yeah. time. It was a strange time, and Gacy was, like, right... Well, this kind of lays a lot of the groundwork for uh, how Gacy would go about covering up his stuff before. Like, he'd just throw himself so much into the eye of the community that it was, like, well, it could never be Gacy. Like, he's always doing this, doing that. He can't be killing and molesting boys. Like, 
because he ended up getting charged with all this shit that was going on in Waterloo, and he ended up going to the Animosa State Penitentiary. He got hit 10 years. He got the maximum for sodomy is what he ended up getting. And Gacy, he took it, but whatever, he fucking went. And he was a model prisoner, though, while he was at Animosa. Like, he, uh, within time, he was the head cook. There's even a video, like, where the a video crew came in on this documentary I have. I've yeah, seen that video. We, we posted, yeah. I posted the video on um, on the Facebook page a while that, back. That's that video as well, yeah, where they're yeah. asking Gacy what the supper is and this and that. So, like, he was, uh, he was a model prisoner. I think, well, he only did, what was it, 16 or 18 months of the 10 years, so. Yeah, he would have been one of your favorite prisoners, J-Dog. Yeah, he would have been a good inmate at the jail, no doubt. Fucking pervert. (laughs) (laughs) No matter where he went, like, the guy just tried to throw himself in. Like, even at Anamosa Jail, he starts up an all-inmate chapter of the JCs where he's getting the inmates to do good, like, uh, improve uh, different conditions at the prison. Like, they uh, even brought in... It was was an old abandoned miniature golf course that... uh, was just kind of sitting there and it it was uh, donated to the prison and Gacy and the other inmates fixed it up and like they used it on the rec yard so they could play miniature golf. So he oh. must have be must have been low rated inmates because they'd be like beating each other with those golf clubs you'd think. Well, you know, he was probably in good spirits in there because like uh you know, the whole, you know, fucking a dude in the butt and sucking dicks in prisons actually like cool and stuff and you can get away with it. So he was probably in heaven. They brought him to the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looked it's looked fun uh, with a good eye there. Yeah. Yes, sir. He's probably pissed off. <clears> they <throat> let him out early. Like, fuck, what? Eighteen months? Like, I want to do the ten years. So <laughs> <laughs> he like, goes and stabs a guy on the last he's day, like, so he can stay. Yeah, he's like, you promised. <laughs> <laughs> but he did good though when he was in there. Like, he got his. Uh, he got a whole bunch of high school courses and got his diploma and everything, so he was getting his shit together when he was in jail. Probably probably uh, getting the plan of action that he was trying to, like, he's a, he's a pervert, so he figures, well, fuck, I gotta, I gotta make something of myself, so if I'm, like, the governor or fucking senator or something like that, I can get away with doing all kinds of perverted shit. So it's almost like what his mentality was, the way he'd throw himself into politics. He wanted to be a big man because... Like everyone knows, big man can sweep the scandal under the rugs. If you're just a nobody, well, you can't just you can't get away with being fucking a sexual deviant like that out in the open. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Uh, but you know, I was wondering too. Like <clears throat> he did the clown thing, and like he's he's technically a sex offender, right? Yeah, for sure. He sodomized a. Mm-hmm. How is he able to go around these children and work this job? Where like did they, not, did they not give a fuck about stuff like that back then? Well, or that's, that's the beauty of the seventies. That's before the days of computers and stuff. When people yeah, that's when that's when copy. that's when she they thought that uh, gays were child molest or not child molesters were actually gays. I actually seen a video. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. I can't remember what it's called, but like they're like how to spot a gay, and they had, like, this little boy getting picked up by this older man. I'm like, no, that's a fucking child molester is what that is. <laughs> that's cruising. They were yeah. trying, they were basically, back then, they were trying to blur the line and say, well, if you're homosexual, then you are a child molester. You know? They're one right. and the same, so. Figures. Yeah. Figures, the way they think. Well, even back in the 60s and 70s, though, I mean... Wasn't, Easy to fall through the cracks back then, too. Yeah, but wasn't the gay stuff kind of, like, accepted even back then a little bit? Oh, yeah, well, they look at cruising and stuff. Like, there was bars 
like that all over the place. You don't see the leather fang well, bars Well, you know, back then, though, uh, homosexuality was, like, classified as a mental illness. That's true. So it, they were definitely behind the times. <laughs> you know? Well, look at a movie like Cruising, you could tell, like, Heavily influenced by like Queen well, that's and from Freddie the Mercury. 80s, early 80s. <clears throat> yeah, but that's that's set on the late 70s uh, gay scene, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they all wanted to look like Freddie Mercury <clears throat> back then. Figures with a little mustache and stuff. <laughs> Going back to the clown thing, do you know if he was like doing that just out of his own house, sort of like, or was he kind of hired by someone to do that? He'd uh, do it volunteer work. He'd go to hospitals and stuff and do it for sick children at the hospitals. And okay. Yeah, he'd volunteer himself in those ways. Because I was thinking, like, maybe if he's going under a different name or something, that's how he could possibly get to do that with the kids and stuff. Well, the thing with back then, like, he had his uh, sodomy charges and stuff, but none of these charges would follow him wherever he'd move. Like, even when he was in Chicago, like, when he was under suspicion and stuff. Because they didn't have stuff like the Internet. Exactly. It took these cops forever to find out, like, holy, like, as soon as they found out he had a sodomy conviction in another state, they were like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it was in another state? Oh, that makes sense. Oh, I totally understand now. So, like. Shit just didn't follow you as yeah, much. Yeah, back, back, back then in those you could days. just move to another state and you'd be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, at Waterloo, that's in that's in Iowa, yeah. I believe. Hey, I'm not 100 percent sure what geography. Yeah, of the I states. think it's Iowa. Yeah. <clears throat> so he goes from Iowa to Illinois, and yeah, like the sodomy charges just didn't follow him right away. Yeah. Huh. Good deal for a pervert back in the days. Like you skip state and you can just. Uh, well, look at Henry Lee Lucas. He just skipped state to state. Yeah, but he was a drifter. Drifter, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I guess getting back to Gacy, like like I said, he did 18 months of his 10 years. But while he was in <clears throat> doing these 18 months, his father had passed away. And that really, that really like, got to Gacy and broke him down. Because him and his dad never really had a very good relationship. And it was just starting to get a little better. Like, while Gacy was in prison, like, his dad had finally shed a tear for him when he had been sentenced on his conviction, and like, Gacy was doing good, he wasn't the fuck up, like, he's getting courses and stuff, and getting ready to be a man when he gets out, I guess, but, I don't know, Gacy not having a chance to say goodbye to his dad is really, uh, well, in interviews it says that's one of the things that really fucked him up, but, when, like I was saying, he was getting released uh, out of prison here, and this is uh, 1970. He was released after 18 months, and he goes and he gets a job as a cook. He's living with his mom, and he's working with, as a short-order cook. And it was only, like Christ, I think it was less than a year after he was released from jail that he was charged with sexually assaulting another teenage boy while he was working as a cook. And this happened when Gacy gripped him from the Greyhound station in Chicago. But, uh, like, this was uh, dismissed because the youth never failed. Like, he never showed up in court, which happened a lot back then, too. Like, the kid's a drifter. Yeah, yeah or he's he like, p- or he was, like, a drug-related, too. Maybe they are getting high, and he didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, well, or he's probably embarrassed, too. Like, yeah. He was in court. Yeah, he had the nerve to call the cops on him at first, and, like, this guy fucking molested me. But when it come time to talk about it in court, he couldn't bring himself to it and kind of right. split, yeah. Once again, so there you go. Gacy gets off free. Like they could have had him right off the get-go. Fucking sodomy. Yeah, but how long were they gonna keep him? How long do you think they would have held held him for? Like a repeated offense. Well, he might have got the full ten years this time. 
then yeah, but then he would have get out. then he would have got out in what like 1980 and been able to come run around again and do this and well, a repeat offender you think would get more than the original sentence. Pervert like that might not make it out of jail though. Yeah, but he did. But he didn't fucking kill anybody, and they were like, man, I don't know how it works in other states, but I know in Michigan they just were, they just were all these fucking child monsters and shit right back out onto the streets. They only do like two years, three years. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how sex offenders work back then, though. It's probably a whole different ball game back then. Yeah, true. Well, like it's like it says, uh, like Iowa, like the board of parole. Like Gacy was on parole when this <clears> happened, but uh, being like a, the parole board in Iowa never got wind of these new charges, so he would have breached his parole right there and would have went back to jail. But once again, paperwork and the whole thing, just information wasn't shared, so he was back. And it was wasn't long after that where he started murdering people, like because he'd find yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well. Him and his mom, they bought that house in uh, on West Summer, West Summerdale, in uh, Chicago. There on the outskirt, and yeah, like Christ, what was it? About seventy-two when he started, uh, when he had his first murder. Because it was the boy that he stabbed, I believe, was his first. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't he running some kind of business or something by now? Yeah, he had had Painting, uh, PD- right? PDM. Uh, his uh, mom had lent him the money to open up his own uh, contractors, PDM, he called it, which was like painting, decorating, and modeling it stood for. Right. That's that's how he'd exploit the boys. Yeah, he'd and hire that, them to And that's to touched upon in the uh, Gacy uh, film adaption, too, as well, heavily. They don't really touch upon um, his earlier uh, uh, life um, with the KFC and stuff like that. Maybe that was because they couldn't show that, you know, logo or anything or imply yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's not as not as like action packed and stuff either. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, but no, he did good. Like he uh like uh, PDM, like they managed uh they managed to get going. He had like boys working for him. They were pulling in by the time Gacy was arrested, they were pulling in like almost a quarter million a year, so Wow. It's not bad actually, for us. I thought it was just a front or something so he could get the lure boys in again. Oh no, he was making. He was doing a lot of business. He was working twenty four seven. Like fucking, uh, he was a bit. He was a big wheel. Like he organized the Polish Day Parade. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and he met uh, Rosalind Carter, like the first lady. He has a picture of her. Like he had it hung in his den. Yeah, I bet you she felt really sick that she met that guy, <laughs> knowing what he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was. Uh, like he was wanted to be a politician is what he wanted to be. He used to have these, uh, well, you've seen in the Gacy movie when he had the big uh, barbecue. He'd have themed barbecues a couple times a year where he'd invite over the whole neighborhood, hundreds of people, and he'd pay for it out of his own jeans. What was his uh, political affiliation? Was it was he a Republican or what? He, what the fuck? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. He might have been. Uh, I'm thinking Republican. No, you know uh, what? He, uh... It says here that he uh, would volunteer to clean up for uh, Democratic Party township meetings and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. maybe he was de- maybe he was Democratic. I don't know. Wasn't Carter a Democrat? Yeah, he must have been. Yeah, that makes sense. Been, yeah. So he was probably a, a contributor to the Democratic Party and whatnot. I'm looking at a picture right now of John Gacy with Jimmy Carter's wife, actually. Yeah, yeah, yep. shaking her mm-hmm. hand, eh? Yeah, Evelyn Carter. She's not a bad-looking piece of ass, actually. 
Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that's what he was thinking because, you know, he, he probably like wanted you, Jimmy. Like he, he like, well, he probably wanted them both because, like he says, he, he's bisexual. Look at his eyes. He's looking at, like, the waiter boy bending over. He's putting down a tray <laughs> or something. That's what he's leering at. You can see it in his eyes. He's not even looking at the camera. He's fucking. But, yeah, no, Gacy, Gacy was a big wheel, man, like. As far as Chicago, like he had a big front going. Like by the, by this time, when he was uh, doing the Polish Day Parade, like he probably had half a dozen boys in his crawl space by then. Like he he went he went hard when he did it. Like fucking, it was what about a four year span? He put thirty three down. So so uh, I guess describe how he did it. He he would put um, what was it? Uh, was it like lie or something down? Well, uh, describe how he killed the boys with like he well, used hand. Well, no, I mean first. like how he would how, <laughs> how he would put all these bodies down. He had like a system, didn't he? Yeah, he had like uh, he'd lay them down in shallow graves where he'd uh, eventually he'd had to uh, he had so many down there where he had to like dig trenches and and kind of do a little map of where they all were so he could fit them in there. But yeah, he he didn't use the lie at first. He just was burying them down there. But it was by the time like. All the stink and the neighbors are complaining and all the bugs and shit. And I think it was one of his buddies that told him to use the lie, actually, to get rid of the smell. Mm-hmm. They actually cover that in the movie as well. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, because it's in the book I have, yeah. But yeah, no, Gacy was having a lot of problems with the smell and stuff. Like, it got to a point where he was going to lay down a cement slab. He did lay a cement slab down in some of the area. Like, he had a body that was covered in concrete under a cement slab out in the yard as well. That would have been the smartest thing, I guess, to start the out. Smartest, with. smartest thing would have been dumping them off the bridge like you did at the beginning. Like, fuck, you keep them in your house. It's pretty hard to deny that. Like, like he, while well, he tried, he tried saying that the boys that worked for him were the people that like they were killing them and hiding them in the basement. But really, who's gonna sure, believe that? Sure, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, sure thing, John. Yeah, it was yeah. the guy that stayed with you for a couple months that you hit in the head with a hammer and tried to fuck in the ass too. So right, yeah, exactly. he, he did it. Yeah. Well, his body was down there too, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he had uh, he had the one little boyfriend kind of that he'd be pay off and stuff, but he'd be making advances on all the boys that worked for him. Right. Fucking fruit. But cake. some of them were down <laughs> with it, so he kept them on and probably didn't kill them, huh? A lot of it, these guys, like, these boys weren't really scared of him. They were like, whatever, like fuck. The guy gives us weed, he gives us booze, pays us a decent wage. He, right. If he gets too, if he gets too fruity, I'll just kick the shit out of him. As they didn't know what they're thought. in for until the rope was around their wrists. Exactly, yeah, once the handcuffs are behind their back and the rope's on their neck getting twisted, yeah. And you're fucked. That's when Gacy pulls out his big dildo out of his dresser. Because in the one book I have, there's actually pictures of it and stuff. Like when they're, the yeah. stuff they're finding in Like Gacy's shitty place. dildos and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> shitty crusted dildos and all kinds of funky shit. Nice. Class. Yeah, I've seen that. Him. I've seen like the A and E video where like the cops are bringing out like all of the assortment of dildos <laughs> and crazy shit he had, like chains and whips, <laughs> and he was into some uh, S and M shit, huh? I, sure. I, I pity the fools, man, because like the the torture and put put these poor boys through. Like I, I pity them. Like I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the sick shit that was going on, man. Crazy. Yeah, he really liked to drag it out. He didn't like to kill him quick. 
No, he'd uh, he'd twist it and he'd pass them out and bring them back and pass them out. And a lot of them, like they died because Gacy would be buggering them and he'd stuff their gotch down their throat. And fucking a lot of them would choke on their own underwear because they find like when they pulled the bodies out, there was all the bo- a lot of the bodies had like uh, underwear stuffed down in the throats, and a lot of the times that was the cause of death. They figured. Jesus, I never yeah, heard so that would've... one. That's sucking. That's cold nope. blooded. It would have been a nasty way to go. Actually, there's a, I can't remember, I should have wrote it down, but there's another serial killer, an American serial killer that uh, he actually claims to have been one of Gacy's victims, like in Gacy's early, like he claims he was molested by John Gacy, this other serial killer from the States. And then went on to become a serial killer himself? Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name offhand. I thought that was kind of odd. He claims to have been one of Gacy's victims that had gotten away. I wouldn't call him his victim. I call him one of his pupils. Yeah, well, yeah, he kind of <laughs> passed on the Gacy seed, I guess. Survivor turned student. Well, he probably passed the Gacy seed on in in a few different forms. <laughs> like as smart as he thought he was, though, he was kind of sloppy. A lot of the stuff he did, like he, he was, well, he was arrogant. He was fucking. He, he thought he had the world by the balls. Like, like that one boy with that was a Plymouth satellite or something like that. He kills the kid and keeps the kid's car and sells it to one of his employees and shit. And just like the the trophies and shit he'd keep around. And like he had no problem fucking just. Like, I guess it was almost like he was a dual personality, like he claimed. I guess. Because some of the shit was so sloppy, it's, it's a wonder why he wasn't caught a lot sooner. Well, he must have thought that he laid the groundwork so well with like uh, his his like appearance and stuff in 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 the community that uh, he was untouchable or whatever. So maybe that's what he thought. He probably was friends with the cops and shit too. Oh, he was. He was homeboys with everyone. I guess I kind of missed out. And like in between all of this, like. Uh, I think his first wife uh, had left him when he got when he went to jail on his sodomy charges, and in the meantime, he goes moves to Chicago and he's got another piece of ass going. Well, she probably like didn't f- like it in the butt. That's probably yeah, what knows? it was. I seen pictures, and she wasn't even that bad of looking a woman. Exactly. But I guess sing- he's single mom. Shit. With, well, single mom with two kids, like she probably needed the money, man. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what she was around for, but it wasn't long after like Gacy. By this time, he's blatantly he's bringing these boys home from work, like the what boys that are working when they're smoking weed, they're drinking, they're doing sick shit out in the garage. She finds his panty stash. Like there's a like she's getting wise. Like there's weird shit going on. Like they've been fighting the weird smell in the house. So she finally fucking up and divorces him, and she takes off and leaves the kids. This is Gacy's grant, or his mom had been living with him for up until almost this point, and she's gone by then. So it's just Gacy all on his own now. Like, fuck, so it's well, like, oh, as you said in the past, you know, you know, when the wife and kids are away, you know, psychopath will play. So mm-hmm. exactly, and now she's right out of the picture. So this is where Gacy goes right off the deep end. Like he's he's pilling it up, he's boozing it up all the time. He's just. That's uh, towards the end. He was killing a he was killing a boy pretty much weekly, if not every two weeks for sure. And he and starting to get sloppy about it, like this last one that Rob Beast kid. Like fucking, he's blatantly uh, talking to him right at the drugstore that uh, Gacy's remodeling him. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a job. Hop in. Let's go for a drive. Takes him around the corner and kills the fucking kid. <laughs> like that's pretty right, sloppy. Exactly. 
And it well, wasn't, that's how the cops really got on to him. Yeah. Well, didn't he pick up drifter kids and hire them on and stuff? Is that how he did it? Weren't these kids yeah, he'd, like, uh, for, like he'd hire the boys drifters? from the bus depots, drifters, uh, groups of young kids, like, oh, you got a buddy, let's bring, bring them into work and shit like that. Right, exactly. Young, stupid kids, yeah, you keep them all doped up. People that, like, kids that people aren't going to miss. Mm-hmm, right? Exactly, yeah. But there was a few of them, like, uh, where the parents would be phoning the cops and stuff, like... Wasn't Christ that, uh, wasn't that... had more than 100 calls about Gacy before they finally went and checked into him. Wasn't his first victim, uh, how old was his first victim again? Was he, was he working with him too, or was he just a random kid that he picked up? That was just a random kid he picked up at the Greyhound, I think, and... Okay. He claims that was somewhat self-defense, I believe, his first one. How could that be when he had, when he had deviant intentions? Come on now. Didn't you try to handcuff that kid too, or? Well, Gacy did all kinds of weird things, like, you know, he tries to claim self-defense, tries to claim multiple personalities. Like, like the guy was a compulsive liar right down to the la- day he died, he was fucking manipulating <clears throat> people. Like, basically Jason doing anything he could to get out of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, he, he never did admit his guilt. Right. Like, that's one thing, he never would admit it, and, uh, would you ever hear of the movie, uh, Dear Mr. Gacy? It's based on a book I have, uh, called The Last Victim. About this Jason Moss kid, he was doing a paper, like his thesis for uh, university or whatever, and he did it on serial killers. I have that book, too. It's a good book, yeah. And he's corresponding <clears throat> with Gacy and all these other killers, but Gacy's, like, biting the best. And it's like, uh, yeah, he really fucked with this kid. Like, he was got to the point where he was, like, getting the kid to do things to his brother for Gacy. Like, like this guy was wanting him to, like, fag out with his brother, but he he, he didn't, of course. But right. Uh, yeah, they're leading Gacy on, and yeah, it got pretty weird. Like, uh, he actually went and visited him in the prison and stuff, and Gacy was making sexual advances towards him. And the movie's good. It's uh, Gacy's played by William Forsyth in the movie, actually. If you guys yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, because I haven't seen that, nor have I read the book. So. Is that on DVD? Yes, I believe so, yeah. It just came out last year, 2010. So. Oh, okay. I haven't got. I seen it on TV. I didn't catch the whole uh, the whole thing, but no, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah like I have it was, to dig into that. Exactly. Like if you watch uh, one of the movie, uh, what the hell, to catch a killer when uh, was it uh, Dennehy? Uh, what was his first name? Uh, what Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. Yeah. yeah. Brian, Brian Dennehy plays. Uh, Gacy in this one, and this one focuses more on the investigation and stuff, and like the the stakeout and and, and all the problems they went to, like getting the second search warrant after the first one when they didn't find nothing, because Gacy had so many connections and stuff. Like they, the police mm-hmm. pretty much knew he was sitting on the bodies, but uh, they had a hell of a time get. They almost didn't get the second <clears throat> search warrant because Gacy's lawyer was fighting it, and it was more, it was a big fucking shamble. Like, he almost... Yeah, but what, what was he going to do? I mean, motherfuckers got the bodies in his house. Eventually, they're going to fucking get But they didn't get know that. It. Yeah, but, I mean, how long do you think you're going to fight something like that, you know? Eventually, they're going to get in there, going to start looking around, unless you're going to, like, perfectly cement, the, you know, your crawl space in. But, you know, that looks odd, too. Why is that like that? 
Mm. Well, that's what he was going to get to, but yeah, he was, well, he, got, he was inviting the investigators in for coffee and stuff. Like that's how they, that's how the cop, like when they invited him in for a fish fry, one day the one cop went to a bat, the bathroom and fucking, it just smelled like shit coming out the vents. Like what's this weird smell and recognized it from Vietnam as the smell of death. It was like, it was, like, yeah, it wasn't long after that where the fucking second search warrant came into effect and, uh, by this time, they were following Gacy everywhere he went, and Gacy was just a drunken mess. He was all pilled up, <laughs> smoking weed, drinking JD 24-7. Yeah, he was, uh, he was just a fucking mess, and they, they, arrest, they arrested him, fucking brought him in, and uh, they got the second search warrant, and they went in, and that's when they started finding the bodies. And then Gacy was charged for murder. But he did, he did in the meantime, like, Gacy was suing uh, like Des Plaines police for uh, three-quarters of a million dollars. He had a loss, a civil lawsuit against them because of, like, uh, the way they were harassing him and shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was another problem that the police had, that Gacy had this lawsuit against them at the same time they're investigating him. So how hard can we lean on the guy? Like, we don't want to lose this lawsuit because if we lose the lawsuit, well, we're pretty much fucked. The guy's going to go free, so... Like, I could see where they were kind of walking on eggshells a little bit there. That just shows how really arrogant he was, I mean, trying to sue the cops and... Mm-hmm. Well, he was totally full of himself. He thought he had this by the balls, man. He's like, I got this, man. I got this by the balls. Fuck. Didn't yeah. work for him. <laughs> nope. But it was like a marijuana possession is what they first gripped him on. Like, when they, uh, like, when they were... Got it. They they had got the search warrant to go into the house, and the police were following Gacy at the time. And they needed a reason to pull him over, so they pulled him over, and he had some weed on him, so that was enough to bring him into the station until they could find the bodies. And it was while he was in the station that he was charged. Yeah, when they pull, how many did they pull out of his basement? Like, twenty nine, I think, wasn't it? It was twenty nine, and then in the last four, yeah, like the one buried out in the in the yard, and in the last three over the bridge. But they never recovered those bodies, did they? Over the bridge. Uh, they recovered the the one, the one that he got charged with that Rob Peace kid. Oh, okay. Was yeah. it, wasn't until the wasn't until the spring though. Yeah. But yeah, a lot a lot of these boys, like like you said, they no one missed them. They were runaways, male prostitutes, gigolos, and stuff. So they were hustlers, really. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> wild stuff. I wonder what they did with his house and and whatnot. Like who who'd want? I think that there's place? still a house. I think there's still a house on the property. The lots there. The house has been demolished. Okay, well, no doubt. Yeah, the, actually, the neighbors. I think the neighbor bunch of neighbors had bought the house and demol or bought the property and had yeah, demolished it because they didn't want to see it being fixed up and anyone living in that house again. I believe is what happened. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> Kind of like Eddie Gein's house mysteriously burning down the night before the auction and stuff. Right. People just don't want turn those it, reminders. Turn it into a museum. Mm-hmm. The Ed Gein Museum. Make but a yeah. lot of money off that. What do you think of that kind of shit? Because, like, I know, I, I, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but, like, what is it, uh, uh, 
lead singer of Corn there, uh, Jonathan Davis, he's got like Bundy's car and shit. What do you what do you I think? I don't know if he still like has that? his car. I think it's in a museum now, but I know he used well, to. Well, he said he was gonna. I seen him on Cribs, and he said he was gonna start a museum of oddities himself. And and that could be the museum I was looking at online because yeah, well, that's it's... his own. That's his own museum. I think he collects this kind of shit. What do you guys think about? Uh, serial killer collecting shit. Cause I've seen websites where you can buy like, um, locks of Charlie Manson's hair and like letters. And I know Charlie Manson, like, um, he used to make, uh, like these, um, I guess they were a little scorpion made out of like a pipe I cleaners. And, uh, but he can't do it anymore. He'd make like, them out of toilet paper and stuff. He could, he'd make them out of all kinds of different shit. <clears throat> He's a creative little motherfucker, but, uh, well, look at like, uh, like John Wayne Gacy's paintings, they sell for big dollar on the internet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, didn't he paint some of clowns and shit like that? He did a lot. That's of them. what they all were, pretty they much. They all yeah. were. Okay, yeah. I've seen some with like birds and skulls and other stuff too. Yeah. Well, you guys ever hear of Keith Jesperson? He was selling online when he first got caught. Like uh, he had like a website and shit. A buddy was running for him, and it was like the Keith Jesperson serial killer startup kit. Jesus. Is what it was called, and it was like a bunch of shitty uh, road down and stuff. Wow. So, yeah. Like, yeah, there's laws in effect now where they can't fucking profit off of it. But... <clears throat> Honestly, if I had the money, I think it'd be kind of cool to have a Gacy painting. Oh, fuck yeah. I'd, I've always wanted one. I think it'd be fucking boss. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. I, I think that you'd pay like a fortune for it, though, honestly. Yeah. The ones online are going for better than 2000 bucks. Well, that's the same thing with, like, uh, Jack Kevorkian. Like, uh, he did paintings and stuff like that, and those things sell for a fortune. But, yeah, I would be it's interested. It's not half as cool, though. Oh, his painting? <laughs> oh, well, motherfucker <laughs> did some time. I mean, he is a, he is a murderer. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's a serial killer by any means, but his artwork is very dark, and it's almost reminiscent of, like, Clive Barker's work. Oh, yeah, well, Gacy couldn't paint worth a lick. It's almost like having a piece of their mind, though, kind of seeing it inside their head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know. I, I don't like that kind of shit, and I don't think I'd ever get into anything like that. Maybe the paint, like I said, the painting stuff. And I don't know, if I could get my hands on one of those, like, scorpions or something that Manson made, because, <clears throat> like, I've seen them out of pipe cleaners, too, like black ones. I would probably yeah. be interested in something like that, but... I don't want that motherfucker's lock of hair. No. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. No, get that shit out of here, man. No, that would weird me out. I got a hard enough time keeping up with the white sheets and shit like that. Like, I ain't going to fucking start collecting serial killer shit. That's just weird shit anyway. If I want a serial killer autograph, I'll fucking send him a fucking letter. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could write, you could write to these guys and they'll write back to you. I seen this guy on YouTube wrote to Manson and, um, Manson sent him these little boxes he made. They were little jewelry boxes and the guy was like all weird and shit. He had like a little, he had like a pads on, he had like a helmet on while he was opening the box. I'm like, (laughs) fucker ain't MacGyver. He's not going to like make explosives in there to send to you. Come on. (laughs) I bet Manson gets a shitload of letters though. Oh, yeah, he gets fan mail by the bags, man. Bags of fucking panties and shit. I've seen him on a recent interview. He's got this young young filly coming uh, coming to visit him all the time, and she's pretty good looking. She's she's very reminiscent. Her looks are very reminiscent of, like, Manson girls. So oh, Man- Manson's the 
fucking you got a following. Like, the girls, the girls younger than me. The girls younger. I think she's like eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> He's a nice. pimp. That's a fucked pimp. up. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's fucked up. Well, Richard Ramirez too. That ugly fucker. He had all kinds of women wanting to fuck him too. Tex Watson fathered like three children in prison, dude. There's a fetish for it, for sure. I guess. Mm-hmm. I suppose any freaking freaky goth. That's how you get. That's how you get ladies. Uh, just for all you guys out there, become a serial killer. That's how you get the women. It is fuckers. <laughs> that conjugal visit once a year. It'd be some good pussy. <laughs> boom boom. It's a fun, yeah, boom boom room. It's like on life, Eddie. We're talking about the boom boom room. Oh, wow. <laughs> Getting off topic, but yeah. So, yeah, like, I guess I don't really need to go into the whole trial and stuff. Like, everyone right. knows G- Gacy was convicted of fucking 33 murders. At, and at the time when he was convicted, <clears throat> he was uh, the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history up to that point. So, like, Gacy was a big deal for the late 70s. Like, fucking, I think the man, like, uh, that supposedly led like this double life like how could someone run a successful business do all this community work but at night be this drunken fucking almost like uh the epitome of evil is what some people referred to him as and he was another one that kept uh confessing even after he got tried wasn't he confessing to more murders Gacy never confessed to any of them oh, i think they oh, I suspected right. him on a lot more he held, his, he held on to his innocent till the end I think they suspected him on more murders. He wasn't innocent, though. When you have your fucking whole crawl spaces filled with bodies, there's no innocence. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I could see some of these other guys, you know. I mean, may, you know, first of all, like, I, I'd i like to bring up Manson. I don't even really consider him a serial killer. I mean, honestly, that guy shouldn't be in prison for life. I mean, I know he's crazy as shit, but, like, that you never, you never ever proved that he put a knife in his hand and killed anybody. He might right. have orchestrated something to an extent, but even that's far fetched. You know what he I mean? He could mind fuck is what he could do. <clears throat> right, exactly. Fuck, yeah. But he never. It, there's never no confirmed kill there. You know what I mean? So some of these guys, I don't know. I don't even know if they ever killed. Well, all his followers were so brainwashed, they were just willing to take the rap for him either way. Well, doesn't he kill the black dude, and uh, he supposedly killed that one black dude? No, he never killed that guy. That guy was, he he, stu- he survived and stuff. No, I he thought didn't I gotta, kill him. I thought I have this book where I thought it said that he was supposedly, he was never oh, convicted he, of it or nothing. Uh, no, he wasn't. But uh, No, he, Charlie thought he killed him, but then he ended up <sighs> seeing him again um, at the court hearing or whatever he survived and stuff and they wanted him to like testify or something. dirty little rat eh? so yeah turn state on him yeah basically cool mm. but yeah like uh you know he's he's heavily influenced cinema though like uh well he's got three four movies that i know of based on him like uh I think the first one I already kind of touched on, uh, To Catch Killer, that's the one from, uh, was I believe 1992, that one. Yeah. It was a very movie as well. Like, it, it's long. I think that's when I saw it. I think I saw it when I was, um, younger because, uh, well, we found it on YouTube there and, uh, it's heavily out of print. Uh, I looked on Amazon and the DVD goes for like $159. That's correct. <sighs> it was nominated for a fucking primetime Emmy, that show. Like first TV movie and stuff, so it was uh, highly acclaimed. Like, yeah. Again, well, I had Margaret Kidder, Meg 
think Meg Foster with the funky eyes, fucking Brian Dennehy. He had a good cast for a TV movie. Okay, yeah, just to wrap it up, I just highly recommend to catch Killer. Like, if you got a lot of time, check it out. It's on YouTube. It's fucking. It'll take you a while though. But there's another one uh, from 2003 that came out, and it's it's entitled Gacy. Actually, this is the one I really like. Uh, it stars the cat from uh, er, big, what the fuck is that? Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Like the guy that gets in the argument with Pee Wee, like you know who you are, but what am I? You know that whole scene. The guy he wants to buy Pee Wee's bike. bike yeah, that's the sell. fat. Give me your fat, bike, Pee Wee. Hey, Pee Wee. <laughs> I always like the scene in the bathtub too, where he was playing like Godzilla and shit. Yeah, because he was like a rich kid or whatever, huh? He had that big bathtub. Yeah. So yeah, better known as the rich kid from uh, Pee Wee, he plays Gacy in this, and uh, it's got Adam Baldwin. Is that one of the Baldwin brothers? Yeah, maybe. Okay, there's there's so many of them, I can't keep fucking track. So, but anyway, this movie it focuses more on like when uh, Gacy was running the PDM uh, part of his uh, business, like the young boys he had working for him, his second wife and his mom living with him in the house, and it focuses like on the stench coming from his basement and. Just the sick shit, like in the one scene, uh, Gacy has the boy helping him in the garage, and he just up and whacks him in the head with a fucking hammer for no reason. Yeah, just to do it. Yeah, just to, just to do it. Like, he's slapping handcuffs on kids and this. He's put, getting the rope trick. Oh, this is a pretty greasy movie for what, for, uh, what it is, actually. Yeah, I like, really I, like it, too. Uh, I think the first couple times I've seen it, I, was, uh, I wasn't impressed, but... Uh... You know, it really does go to the heart of the of what the story is. Like, it, you know, it doesn't really go into the court stuff, and it doesn't really tell you much about uh, the the uh, you know start of his criminal career, or whatever. And it doesn't even go into the et- execution at all. Correct? I think no. It just like it has a little bit of backstory at the beginning with Gacy fishing with his dad, and he roughs him up and calls him a jack off. Right. And that's the kind of thing that always set Gacy off. Like in this movie, his wife calls him a jack off, and they use it quite a bit in this movie, actually. But no, yeah, this one's great. Like, fuck, if you want to see like the madness of like the, the madness side of Gacy, I highly recommend you check this one out. Like I said, it's easy to find on DVD. It was directed by Clive Sanders. So, yeah, stars, like I said, Mark Holton from Peary's Big Adventure. Hey, I, Peary. I think it's one of the more mainstream ones and more of the one of the mm-hmm. more well-known ones. I think it was also straight to video, though, which Wasn't is Wasn't it made by the same guy that made all those um, other serial killer movies? Like Dahmer so, yeah. and Bundy? Yeah, Night Bundy Stalker. One. I never saw the Night Stalker one. I, I seen that. It's not bad. Yeah, I think the same cat did do them all, and those are the those are the good ones to watch, like not the ones with Kane Hodder in them. Right, yeah. exactly. I wonder if he did the uh, Hillside Strangler one too, because that had that did. same kind of feel to it. I think he did. They kind of feel like you if they were like edited for content, because I know some, a lot of them have nudity and whatnot in them. You could put them on like A and E. They almost have a dark comedy kind of feel to them too, like. Uh, like, like, I don't know. Just some of the Gacy stuff, like, does, almost, definitely. Almost it's kind of weird. Well, you got the cat from Pee Wee, you know. Dressed as a fucking clown. Right, exactly. <laughs> and a sexual deviant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he no. plays it pretty fucking good, though, man. Yeah, I totally agree. <clears throat> he, he sells me on the character of Gacy, totally. But yeah, no, highly recommended. I suggest you check out Gacy from 2003. 
There's one more I just want to touch on quick here before I'm done. Uh, this is one that just came out last year, actually, and this is based on the book, The Last Victim, like I mentioned, uh, like the, J- the, the Jason Moss story. And this is uh, William Forsythe actually plays Gacy in this, and this one focuses on the boy that sent Gacy the letters, like uh, the phone calls that he'd make to the boy. Like, and then he even goes and visits him in the one scene in this. And this one, I highly recommend this one as well. This one's probably the best done of them all, like as far as like cinema value and shit goes. Like is, I don't know. It's it probably has the biggest budget, I'd say. No, that's oh, yeah. like that's that's while Gacy's in prison, correct? He's writing this kid. Yeah, this lead this all this all leads up right around the time, like not long before Gacy's executed and stuff. Well, because you the know, boy it, it actually works. goes and visits him right before he's executed. It works because you've got Gacy, which is you know tells one piece in the timeline, and then you've got this that tells another piece in the timeline, and. Um, you know, you got the Brian Dennehy one, which tells more of the court, you know, oriented. So I think all these films can exist, you know. Oh, totally. Get all the like, facts from all the movies. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, pretty much. If you want to cover the whole Gacy timeline, just get these three movies. And, uh, you, like you said, you got the court part, you got the investigation, you got, like, the Gacy madness, and then you got the fucking... What would be uh, considered the thirty-fourth victim, uh, Jason Moss? Yeah, the guy, the guy that Gacy did the total mind fuck on from prison. So yeah, highly recommend that as well. All the Gacy movies are fucking solid. Like as far as serial killers, you need the goes, uh, you need the early years film that shows like you know the the start of the stuff and KFC and everything. I'd love to see something like that. Yeah, maybe well, throw with... in like his new life where he starts up the. Uh, the painting company and just do a couple victims and then end it, you know, and say, well, he went on to kill this many people and could do a film like that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I still need to see Gacy's house. Another one that just came out. I don't really know anything about, so I'm not really going to uh-huh. talk about it, but something else I want to check out. Man, sure, that no, uh... more into the body <clears throat> under the, uh, in the cellar and stuff like that. Uh... Mm-hmm. More into like, I think it delves more into like the torture and the abuse and the, the, the darker side of it all, yeah. G- Gacy's Funhouse, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Po- that could be Pogo's, Pogo's Funhouse. <laughs> there we go. We should uh, script that See, up. You could totally, I don't know, I shouldn't say this, but like you could totally run with that Pogo character as a fictional character, you know? Oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes Captain Howdy look like a fucking piece of shit. I'm thinking they did comic books on some of these guys, and I think they did one on Gacy, too. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like, spinoffs if they'd never gotten caught? Something like that. I know there's a Dahmer comic. That is sadistic. (laughs) (laughs) Gacy comic. I'm going to have to look into that. I've always wanted to try to find the Dahmer one, but it's pretty rare. They need a Bundy one if if, uh, Bundy had uh, managed to escape prison. (laughs) I always always like the South Park episode with Bundy and Gacy and... uh, who was the Dahmer? Bundy, Gacy, and Dahmer on the South Park episode where Satan's having the big party. Remember, and they're sent to go pick up the Ferrari cake, and <laughs> they start they start killing everyone. It's like a Three Stooges kind of deal. Oh, Jesus. I've never seen that episode. That'd be oh, you, great. yeah, yeah. It's like Gacy and uh, Dahmer. Like uh, Gacy will stab people, and Dahmer will start raping the body, and like uh, Ted Bundy's in charge of it all. Like he's. Uh, He's orchestrating, he's trying to keep these guys in line, and he's smacking them around like they're three stooges, and he ends up, they end up killing each other at the end. It's (laughs) it's awesome. Andy, you've seen it? No, I've never seen it. Oh yeah, you guys gotta check that out. Punch it in on YouTube or something, South Park. Yeah, it'll probably come up. Yeah. 
You guys got anything to add on this uh, before we wrap it up on uh, John Gacy? I think you pretty much explained it, buddy. Yeah, he was sick, motherfucker, and uh, he, he's dead now. So, yeah, I, I think his last him. words were "kiss my ass," weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think I heard that. Yeah, yeah, because it was what, 1994 is when they finally uh, did him in. How did he get um, killed? Was it by lethal injection? Hmm, I believe it was lethal injection. Yeah. Okay. Took took the pussy way out. <laughs> Oh, you yeah, didn't no, want to go that's... with old Sparky, huh? <laughs> well, few do. Like, yeah, yeah, lethal injection. Yeah, May tenth, nineteen ninety four. At the age of fifty two, he kicked the bucket. So, I don't know. The world got rid of another piece of shit that day. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to glorify serial killers at all in this no. episode. We just find them interesting and in how they reflect the cinema. We we consider all these guys pieces of shit, though. For yeah, sure. Basically, like I don't think he's cool or nothing. So. Well, yeah, I guess uh, we'll lead into a break then, and we'll come back with, uh, who, who are we going to come back with, Ted Bundy? Yeah, that'll work. Awesome. We'll hear Andy talk a little bit on Ted Bundy then. Yeah. All right. Another sexual deviant. Yes. Mm, more good times. But anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying the serial killer talk. You're listening to Exploited Cinema. Stay tuned. A public service announcement by Satan himself. Hey, boys and girls, when I'm not out wreaking havoc upon the planet... I'm checking out my favorite horror and exploitation t-shirts. And you know who's got them? FastCustomShirts.com Yeah, they got the shirts I like, like a water power t-shirt, or a boss nigger t-shirt. Yeah, and they're cheap too. The cheapest damn shirts I've found on the net. So get on over to FastCustomShirts.com and tell them Satan sent ya. Good people, you are truly fortunate to have, as a friend and colleague, John Wayne Gacy. What lies within the man? Want to get high? Inside the rage. Maybe you've seen this boy? Beneath the surface. We're investigating the disappearance of an employee of yours. I heard a weird sound. It's a strange whining noise. Maggots. It's the sound of a million maggots. God only knows what you're doing in there. What I do in that garage is all business related. I'll go when time gets back. There's no negotiating. You really think I'd let you just walk out of this house? Every urge he felt. No, never seen that kid. Every secret he held. You want to see a trick? He buried. <laughs> I have to tell you something. What? I've been kind of naughty. Everything you've heard is true. Gacy, America's most infamous serial killer.
Welcome back, Free Speed. Yes, we got Ted Bundy up next with the Dream Warrior, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about his history. So uh, let's roll with it, buddy. Yeah, I'm talking Ted Bundy. Uh, Mr. Bundy was born in 1946. He was a illegitimate child. He was forced to pretend that his mom was actually his sister. Apparently, her father had had sex with her. And uh, yeah, out came old. Nice, yeah. Product of incest, then. Yeah, that's keep keep it in the family, man. It's a great start. He was forced to pretend his sister was his mom. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, he had a bad background right there. He was a peeping tom and a thief. Even when he was little, he hid butcher knives under his aunt's clothes. So yeah. Um, for the first few years of his life, he lived in Pennsylvania, and then he moved to Washington with uh, some relatives and his mom. Philly, I believe, eh, when he was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Just got to throw it in there, little Philly love. Hell yeah. He was uh, pretty shy during his early years, but he was kind of active in school. He was had a lot of club clubs. Um, He loved skiing, kind of weird shit, stealing skis and ski mm-hmm. tickets. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, like it, didn't everything start with, like, all these petty crimes, and he kind of just kept taking it to the next level? Well, he loved to steal, man. He yeah. Fucking, he, was, he was an awesome little klepto. Yeah, he fucking steal everything. Like, he's the, he was so crooked, man. Like, if you shook his hand, you had to count your fingers afterwards. <laughs> fucking, that's how crooked he was. For sure. Yeah, it kind of started out small, and from there, just kind of moved to Washington, like I said. Went to school in Washington. Went to the University of Washington. He got a degree in psychology, so he was a pretty smart guy. Um, he actually was used it- to... Oh, sorry to cut in. Was this around the time when he was uh, working with Anne Rule at the suicide hotline? Yeah, she actually wrote a book about it called "The Stranger Beside Me." About you know, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. Is that any good? <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it talks about like her experiences working with Bundy, and like they were pretty good friends actually. Like, uh, like Bundy was a well-respected uh, person in school and stuff. Like, he had some hot girlfriends and stuff. He did community work. Like, yeah, he uh, wanted to be a politician, definitely. Exactly. Like, once again, just like John Gacy, like, yeah. fucking, he's got battling with some demons, like, underneath, but, like, fucking, like, he's out there for the community. Like, he's uh, a, lot, a lot more of a citizen than even I'd consider myself. Like, good, I'm more I, of a... Good public I think a lot image. Of these guys, yeah, I think a lot of these guys are really egotistical and they wanted to be, be the whole fucking show, as they say, but... Mm-hmm. Well, you kind know, of... Bundy studied, like, as you said, he went off to college. He studied psychology and all kinds of shit. And this is what I've always thought, that this man knew exactly what was wrong with him. He could classify it, and he could look it up in a book and look at all of his symptoms. So realizing that he knew what it was was going on, he could have stopped himself early on, but when he studied fed into too. it. He could well, understand it that way. He could just relish in his own. Yeah, he would insanity. use it. He would use it yeah. against you know these people and stuff, and say, "Oh, I've got one step ahead of you. I know exactly what I am, and I'm gonna be a chameleon." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Studying law, he knows what the cops are thinking. Studying psychology, he can manipulate the people. Like, cause he was a fucking bullshitter. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he yeah. Was another, like another thing, he wasn't just crooked. Like this guy, fucking was full of shit too. Like. You couldn't even believe him if you asked him what his name was half the time. Like, that's so much he lied. Compulsive liar. Well, well he had aliases, didn't he? He probably had all mm-hmm. kinds of aliases. Yeah, you really know how to talk because we're out of a situation. That's why he got away with it for so long, you know. But, yeah, like I said, he graduated uh, with a degree in psychology from 
U of Washington. Then soon after that, he went to work for the Washington State Republican Party, and he even became close friends with the governor of Washington, Daniel Evans. Um, followed him around the state. He was kind of recording his speeches for him, stuff like that, kind of keeping track of the, I guess, he was going to be governor again or whatever. Mm-hmm. What they get on his reelection uh, campaign. Yeah, well, right. Because, yeah, when Bundy was first arrested and stuff, he had all these people coming forward, like – I think the governor was even one of them, like, giving him, like, recommendations, like, well, this can't be the guy, like, you got the wrong guy, and he had a lot of people in his corner at first, like, before before the dirt really came out, like, mm-hmm. when it was the initial uh, investigations, yeah. Right. And soon after that, like, he went to school, or law school, and he did pretty shitty, so he just dropped out in 1974, and at the same time, a bunch of girls started disappearing around the Washington area. Or were they, now, were these his first victims, they think, um, or were these... They, they think he definitely had something to do with it. I mean, I don't think it's confirmed, but, yeah. you know, just kind of a coincidence that as soon as he was kind of on his downfall, that shit started hitting the fan. Yeah, they mm-hmm. figured he was in the area at the time, so probably connected him with them, so... Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was into creeping and creeping the houses and creeping on women and stuff first. Like, it all, it was like kind of a, a gradual progression, like... Like, he'd go from spying on the women to fucking, next thing you know, he's breaking into the house and bludgeoning right. them. And, yeah, like, he was a peeping Tom and just a petty criminal and just mm-hmm. kept, kept getting away with stuff. So he figured, go up from there and see what else I can get away with. Take it to the next level, yeah. And then right. pretty soon he's like, yeah, he's manipulating girls and and stuff. And, like, he's getting into necrophilia and fucking, like, he just opened a whole gambit of fucking madness. Yeah, and like right before he was executed, he said the first time he ever tried to kip, kidnap someone was in 1969, and he actually murdered someone for the first time in 1972. Well, that's the same year that uh, Gacy's first confirmed kill was. Yeah, yep. it seems like there's a lot more serial killers back in the day that, sh- that you actually heard about. Well, I think during the 70s and 80s, there was like a hotbed for these guys like all over, and it seemed like... Yeah. It seemed like the 60s was, like, West Coast, and then you had, like, a huge East Coast, Coast, like, Midwest influx of these guys popping up during the 80s and the late 70s. Well, throughout, like, the 80s and 90s, did you notice, like, the Pacific Northwest is where they all pop up? Like, Green River, fucking, uh, you got, like, all those guys. Like, I got books and books and books, and I almost got, like, kind of a theory like, because they, they were sprouting up fucking, like, there was, like, four or five going on at the same time out in the Pacific Northwest. Like, it's just such an easy place to dump <clears throat> the bodies. And every one of these guys all had military background, too. Something mm-hmm. to do. Something a lot of these serial killers, if you look into it, they have a military background, too. So Trained to kill. It, well, is it the mind fuck of the military? Yeah, like, look at Arthur Shaw. Oh, you're talking about, like, an MK Ultra theory? Yeah, I've got an MK Ultra theory, too, as well, so. Well, that's the thing. Like, Bundy, though, I mean... He didn't necessarily have, like, a horrible childhood, just, like, of course, that incest thing was really bad, but he wasn't physically abused, really. Right. Well, he was given the opportunities and stuff. He just, uh, I don't know, he always had the inkling that something was up, though. Right. And he just never never felt like he belonged, I guess. He's, like, a lot of these guys, they have, like, no self-confidence, so they portray themselves, like you said, they want to be the man, they want to be the whole fucking bag of chips, and... So they put on, like, it's like the mask of sanity, like he's the big man mm-hmm. at school, he's fucking the ladies' man, and this and that, but real yeah, life, he's like nothing Bundy, but a fucking pussy. Bundy was considered, like, a, 
decent looking guy to the ladies too, so it made it a lot easier for him to. Oh yeah, he had some hot hot bitches, but that they they fucked with him like that's what really brought on his madness. Like that one old lady that. Uh, well, yeah, he and like, she he, dumped him. Yeah, they were supposed to get married, I think, even, and that's pretty much what triggered his killing. Like they just think handle... they think yeah. triggered it, right? Well, that's a lot. That's like her. Her description and like his target victims were pretty much mirror images. Well, like he fuck, he'd dude, go after chicks that look like his ex girlfriend. He liked kill them. He liked chicks with brown hair, and their hair was parted down the middle. Every yeah, before. long brown hair parted in the middle, right. so t- t- or short and slender. Yeah. But anyways, wow. I'll talk a little bit about the first murder. It was in when he was 27 in January 1974. He, uh, I think, he broke into a maybe a sorority house, I think, of an 18-year-old named Joni Lenz, and he basically bludgeoned her to death with a... Or I don't even know if she died, but he bludgeoned her with a bedpost, a metal bedpost, and then shoved it up her vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, uh, she... I think she survived that, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. she was in a coma. Yeah. Yeah, basically a bunch... He basically targeted uh, college girls around the Pacific Northwest, and pretty much from 74 on out... A lot of sorority girls started disappearing and wound up dead. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, throughout the years, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, serial killers would target sororities, and uh, I, I, I think that uh, I think he, I think Bundy wasn't the only one that was a sorority house slasher, whatever well, you want to call them. Sorry to cut in Bundy's big sorority house murders never came until Florida when he right. kind of just went nuts that night and fucking just tried to kill them all. But uh, I think you, you might be thinking of Richard Speck. He also did kind of the same thing. He went into a, a girl's house and fucking killed and raped a whole shitload of them, too. Right. Well, yeah, and sorority girls, I mean, they're naive and they're... Yeah, well, they just, these are, these guys just go in at night. Like Richard Speck, he's notorious for the Richard Speck uh, prison tapes where it showed him. Like he had been taking uh, chick hormones and he had the titties going on and stuff. And he was like him and some him and some inmates were fagging out in his cell, like with cocaine and stuff and videotaping it. He was given all these special privileges. And yeah, yeah it was a, it was a big scandal at that prison. Like Richard Speck was like a celebrity fucking getting blowjobs and getting to sniff coke and stuff in his cell. like. So, yeah, these serial killers, they uh, they manipulate the guards, too, once they get there. Sorry to get a little off track. No, it's okay, I mean, because it's all part of, you know, the sickness with these guys and, like, what, you know, what they try to get away with and they try to pull, so. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, throughout 74, I mean, he used a trick. He'd go to, like, a beach or a public place he had his arm in a sling, he'd ask chicks to help him out with something, and they'd wind up in his Volkswagen Beetle, his famous car, and they'd never be seen again until they were dead. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he had, uh, the one day at the beach, he had to, he had what he referred to as a twofer that day, where he, uh, he got two girls in, in the one day with the same trick, like the one girl that went to the beach with her boyfriend, and the other girl that was there by herself. Right. Yeah. All right, yeah, he, well, was, he was a sneaky motherfucker. Like he was, well, he'd take, he took them both to the same spot. He'd almost like uh, Gary Ridgway, he'd leave them in clusters. And uh, that way, like off in the woods, that way he could go back and have sex with the bodies later. Or the animals would just more or less dispose of like all the evidence. Like he'd go back and the head's missing. And 
in due time, the animals are going to scatter the body parts throughout the woods. So it's a pretty right. good way to dispose of bodies. It's one of my theories of the Pacific Northwest serial killers, but I'm just going to eat that now. <laughs> yeah, like 74 was a big year for Bundy. I'm not even going to try and count like all the abductions and kidnappings and murders he committed that year. But he basically moved to Salt Lake City after that, and he went to the University of Utah Law School. He kind of got involved in the Mormon church. Um, didn't really observe any of the teachings there, though. I don't know. He's just trying to make a bigger name for himself. Uh, yeah, he picked up a hitchhiker in Idaho that in Utah and also raped her and strangled her to death. But uh, the body was never found, I guess. Was this right around the time where he killed the one at the ski lodge as well, where they found her body in the ditch? Um, I'm not even sure on that, actually. Because I know he had a few killings when he was uh, doing his Utah trip. Right. Yeah. But uh, in October of 74... He actually strangled and sodomized the daughter of the police chief there in Utah. Really? I didn't know that. Is that the girl that he tried to get to come back, like, uh, get in his car and that uh, she, so. she, her car was broken into or something like that? I think so, yeah. And it showed that the autopsy examination showed that she was alive for, like, five days after she was kidnapped. So who knows what old Ted did to her in those five days? <laughs> right. Had her, uh... Well, what they suspect, he'd take them out and he'd uh, tie them up behind, like with their arms behind a tree, too, and gag them and leave them like that, like for the elements to kill them, too, sometimes. Well, right? uh, one of these bodies, I know we might be jumping ahead, but like, wasn't it said that one of these bodies, he, he came back and, and fucked uh, so many times to where, like, one point he came back and he couldn't even fuck it anymore because it was so uh, decomposed? Yeah. I think they show that in that uh, Bundy movie that was made along with all the other serial killer movies in the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, the awesome one, yeah, with Savini. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that yeah. that film showed more bot like skeletons all over out in that, that area. Yeah. Clusters, yeah. Well, they, he, him, just like Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, like, uh, yeah, like, they'd go back and they'd uh, have sex with these bodies to the point where they'd have to, like, shake the maggots out of them first. I know, Jesus like, Christ. Ted, Ted Bundy oh. and Gary Ridgway have both commented, like, yeah, they've, they'd have sex with them to the point where, like, there'd be nothing left of these bodies and sick shit. Like, Gary Ridgway is, like, another one I want to cover one day. He's, he's, all, he's almost a Ted Bundy, but more of a square fucker. Like, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't get the pussy on his own like right. Bundy could. right. Yeah, but they sim similar MOs, though, totally. Yeah, but skipping ahead a little bit, I'm not going to talk about every murder. I'm just going to do the ones I kind of noted. But in uh, April of 1975, he actually went to this lady named Denise Olderson in Grand Junction, I guess that's in Utah, and he clubbed her with a crowbar and immobilized mo mo her with handcuffs and strangled her to death, and they found her body underneath an overpass. Mm-hmm. Then after that, uh, Lynette Culver, a 12-year-old, she messed in May of 1975. And, uh, yeah, she pretty much was found dead as well. That was in Florida, the 12-year-old, was it? Oh, uh, that was in Idaho, I think. Or no, I, I might be wrong. The 12-year-old was the last victim, wasn't she? Yeah, the 12-year-old was the one he fried for in Florida. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Bundy, is, it was right around this time where he had abducted the one girl and, uh, and, and tried to rape her, but she got loose because he got picked up, I think, in... Uh, was it in Utah, right? Because well, he had his he had his two jail breaks before he finally made his run to Florida, and he killed a twelve year old and all the sorority girls. He arrested or he uh, killed two twelve year olds actually in his crime career. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. Well, I guess not nice, but Bad. nice. Prove me wrong. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Well, basically after that, he was, yeah, he was caught, caught in a Utah. They actually pulled him over and found in his car a bunch of what they called a rape kit, I guess. And he went to trial there. And, uh, yeah, he basically escaped from that prison. First time, one of his first cases. See, they call it a rape kit. I call it tools of the trade. I don't know. Like, fuck. You can Lock pass that off. Big like, fuck, that's my emergency roll. kit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, is a, what, is a rape, what is a rape kit nowadays? Like, Chloroform. Just because I have a crowbar, tape. a fish bat, duct tape, uh, ski mask. What else I got in there? Uh, gloves. Uh, oh, shit. I'm giving everything away. Never <laughs> mind. And the big knife, might I add. No. <laughs> Yeah, he escaped from uh, that prison in Colorado, like I was saying, and he used a hacksaw blade, and somehow he got $500 cash. So I don't know why nice. he got, yeah, I don't know how he would got cash in prison unless somebody was smuggling well, it in for him. Possibly in a cake, like a hacksaw blade, 500 cash. Like, he's got all these bitches and stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe you could convince one of them to drop him a cake off or something. Hit yeah. it in a hot dog, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Bundy was a sneaky motherfucker. Oh, See, yes, he they should have kept him alive. These are, this is the shit we don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, he escaped from that prison in Colorado. He must have stolen some piece of shit car because it broke down in Glenwood Springs and broke down in the mountains, basically, during Blizzard. And he was caught, caught a bus to Denver, and uh, pretty much noticed in Glenwood Springs after about 17 hours that Bundy was already in Chicago. The police officers noticed that, so, yeah, they went off to Chicago to get him, I guess. Yeah, they brought him back. It wasn't long after that. Sorry, when you said piece of shit car, I was just sitting here grooving. I had that Adam Sandler song in my head. <laughs> piece of shit car. Sucks fucking dick. Yeah, I, I get off topic every time I cut in. But, but yeah, like you are saying, Bundy, he was a wily fucker sneaking out of prison this way. Like, uh, he stole an old piece of shit car and fucking... Mm-hmm. But he didn't really have anywhere to go. Like, he just fucking he went as far as he could go, ran out of gas, ran out of money, and it was, like, pretty much, hey, Ted, how's it going? You ready to come back now? Like, his first attempt wasn't much of an escape, but. Right. All right, so he escaped from that prison in Colorado, and he ended up in Chicago. Uh, he caught a Amtrak train to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and he rented a room at a YMCA. Basically, from there, he stole a car and drove south to Florida, I uh, got pulled over again and kind of got out of it that time. Mm-hmm. Once, he, once he was in Florida, he was in Tallahassee at some college. And uh, some of his more famous murders kind of happened. He beat the shit out of two uh, sorority girls with a log. Yeah. Then, he found it yeah. outside of the, the uh, sorority, didn't he, on, the way, on his way in? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then he went to their uh, sorority sister's house and killed them as well. With the same piece of wood. Yeah, he more or less just went door to door, like one room to the next and whacked him in the head and got his freak on and would go to the next one to the next one. And he was right. pretty much out of, he was pretty much out of control. Like this was Bundy with nothing to lose by now. Like he'd already, they knew who he was. They knew what he was up to. He's just yep. a man on the run. Like he's just trying to, he's just trying to kill and rape as many women as he can before he gets caught at this point, really. For sure. I think it's Bundy off the loose end. Now, yep. what, now, didn't he have a girlfriend, too, as well? Like, not uh, at this point, I don't, I don't think. think so. Not I mean, at he, this always, point? he was always kind of involved with different women, but could never really drop the hammer. And Yeah. 
And yeah, at this what? point, when he's in Florida, he's pretty. He's keeping pretty low profile. Like he's hiding out at that boarding house kind of thing, and like using a fake name and shit. So like, right. it's pretty. It's pretty low key, Bundy, by this time. Mm. Yeah, and like less than a month after he did the sorority house killings, he did his last murder, which was a twelve-year-old named Kimberly Leach. Uh, he raped and murdered her and threw her body in a pig shed. Yeah, that was that was the one he abducted from school, right? Yeah, that's one of the only ones he actually got convicted of, I think. Yeah, oh, this, is, yeah, this was the last. This was the last straw. Yeah, the bunny was fried after this. Right. Yeah, and pretty much they found bodies and with bite marks all over them. That's a big part of the way they convicted him. They matched his bite marks. Like one chick, she had bite marks all over her ass, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd get freaky, yeah, he'd k- kill them and just get his necrophilia on, he'd be biting their asses, biting their titties, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's I'm just a real, skip- real sick motherfucker. Yeah, I'm just skipping over a lot of stuff here, but I mean, he did as much as he could to delay his execution, he just kept confessing to more murders to postpone it so they'd have to go investigate and question him and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Well, then he offered help to, like, when the, they were investigating the Green River Killer, when they had had no leads and stuff, Bundy's like, well, fuck, hey, I can give you tips, I can help you out, and the, the investigators actually took him up on it, and Bundy gave him some good co- clues, like, right. Bundy being a lot like Green River, like he was saying, well, you want to catch the guy, this is what you do, you find a body, leave it there. Yep. Sit, just sit there, fucking, uh, like, stake it out. Like, he'll come back. Like, and Bundy's probably just thinking in his head, just like, yeah, like, fucking, that's what I would have done. Like, mm-hmm. if you, if you would have wanted to catch me, that's how you would have caught me, motherfuckers. So, if this guy's anything like me, that's how you're going to get him. Yep. Sure enough, the Green River Killer did come back onto uh, the body. Well, no, it was DNA. It, was, it, was, it wasn't that many years ago Green River got caught. That was, yeah. Like, we were, like we talk, these guys were uh, like a lot of these guys in the seventies and like late sixties, seventies, eighties was like a heyday for serial killers. But yeah, like they could just get away with shit nowadays. These guys like are wise. Like even if people want to be want to go out and do that shit, like these sick, twisted minds out there, like there's all this forensic science and shit. Like it's pretty hard like to go do it and not go to jail. So yeah, these guys they didn't know any about that. Like a lot of these guys just come to the forefront and because of 30-year-old DNA evidence now. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, uh, the, but the Green River Killer, like, he, he got caught, what was it, in 2003, 2001? It wasn't too long ago. So how, how was yeah, he able to get away 2000s. with it so, for so long, I wonder? Well, what did they suspect? Like, he, uh, he, he did, like, all them killings, like, them 46 in a couple years span in the early 80s. And they and then, quit. Well, he, they quit after they had that special on TV hosted by Patrick Duffy where they were uh, reenact. I'd like to get a copy of that, actually, because they had a bunch of reenactments, like with hookers, like actors playing hookers and all this stuff and Green River killings. And, yeah, like the chief investigators were on that and stuff. But I guess it was right after this when it was in the media, like he kind of. He laid low, and they figure he was killing, like, out. He, he'd go into Canada lots. So they figure a lot of those girls that Robert Picton was convicted of, or maybe not convicted of, but a lot of them girls that are suspected of, like, disappearing at the Picton pig farm were actually Ridgeway <clears throat> victims, and they just figure he was doing it in different areas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, the, like, the heat gets in your own backyard. Like, well, fuck you. 
lay low or do it on road trips or something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've always said that, like, somebody, if they wanted to do something like this and they wanted to get away with it, you know, is uh, be rolling on, strolling on through somewhere and not be connected to anything and not have any mm-hmm. connection and, you know, you're by yourself or something and roll on through, there's nothing connecting you, but you didn't know the person, you know, as long as you don't leave behind DNA, I mean, if somebody shaved their body, now somebody's probably going to do something like this out there, but, <laughs> and they're going to blame the show, but, uh, <laughs> shave your body, you know, and wear a condom and shit, and, like, shave all the hair off, I mean, you'd be <clears throat> looking like a weird motherfucker without eyebrows and eyelashes <laughs> and shit, but, uh. Yeah, but these guys aren't in the mindset to be necessarily safe about it, they just want to got well, such an urge to do it that they just want to do it and not really think about what they're how they're going to cover I, it up. Right. I guess I, I I hate to keep jumping back to Ridgeway, but uh, like that that was a meticulous motherfucker. Like that's that's how he got away with it for so many years. Like he started killing in the '90s again and stuff. And like he got like what he'd do, he'd bring them back to his house, have sex with them in his bed, kill them, and throw the sheets in the washing machine instantly. Like, if he'd trim their fingernails, he'd do all that shit. Like, he was a meticulous fucker. Like, <clears throat> he was caught from DNA evidence, like, a tiny, tiny trace amounts on one pubic hair, so. Well, like, a lot of these guys, it seems like they have the right idea. That's that they not wanna... a lot of evidence that he uh, left behind. Uh... Like, these guys that do the acid bath stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Like they seem like they have the right idea, but they fucking end up getting caught because there's bones in their drains and stuff. Yeah, true right, that. Well, exactly. don't, don't, don't flush it down your toilet, yeah. Right. Yeah, but getting back to Bundy, I guess, a little bit. Um, estimates for how many people he killed go from anywhere to 25 to 100, but usually the best estimate is like 35, but he kept confessing to so much that could really never be known what the real number is. Yeah, and I wonder if like it wasn't like a Lucas, uh, Henry Lee Lucas <laughs> situation. I wonder if a lot of these crimes he was confessing to were really like, true murders i bet you majority of them were well he could have been sent him on wild goose chases just to save his time you know tell him there's a body out here and there's nothing there they're just going to keep looking for a week until they don't find anything right mm-hmm. well yeah like i said before like bundy was a pussy like he didn't want to die so he was trying to prolong yeah, it as long actually, as he could they actually had to carry him to the electrocution chamber i guess because he was so weak and scared of they had to drag him, yeah. he wasn't weak he was just fucking playing like he was a baby or some shit like a little kid yeah, he pulled the kid too. thing and fucking tucked his legs in and the guards had to fucking drag his punk ass there yeah right it's they, like <laughs> it's like you ain't gonna pull the kid shit it's time to die you're not getting out of this one yeah, yeah it's like really... you did all this sick shit it's it's time to die motherfucker like the don't, don't give us no sympathy. Like, fuck, we're lucky we even give you a laugh. Bullshit, if you ask me. Exactly. Yeah, he was really feeling sorry for himself and trying to get everybody else to feel bad for him, too. That wasn't going to fucking happen. Yeah, definitely not. I'm sure he had a lot of people outside of his execution, you know, like with picket signs saying, you know, fry him, Ted, you know, fry Ted, shit like that, you know. Yeah, I want a Bundy burger. Right, exactly. There's a lot. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, there was a lot of protests, really, a lot of pressure on the state of Florida to fry the guy. Like, even if he was still confessing, they didn't have time to do it because of the pressure to just get rid of him. Right, exactly. Well, look how many years he sat on death row and how much money he was costing the state. Like, 
Who cares? Yeah. Like fucking, like it's they got enough is enough, and you just got to cut your ties and fucking. Right. Yeah, but anyways, and uh, it was January twenty fourth or twenty third from different sources, I guess nineteen eighty nine at seven sixteen in the morning. He was driving the electric car in the state of Florida. Oh, wow. Good times. Yeah, that's, I really don't have too much more on the guy. I mean, they took his brain out, and they're still, I guess, like Nick said before, they're still studying that and kind of trying to see what the abnormalities of the serial killer brain are and see if they can prevent it from youth or something like that. You can have, like, a commercial, like, this is serial killers, and this is your brain on serial killers or something. Mm-hmm. With Ted Ted Bundy's brain frying beside an egg in a pan. <laughs> right. Jesus. Exactly. Oh, hell yeah. So, uh, how does Ted Bundy really spin into the cinema part of it? There's a few movies based on his uh, exploits, isn't there? Yeah. The one I actually, I've only actually seen one. It was uh, made in 2002, uh, along with that other string of serial killer movies. Like uh, J Dog was talking about, starred My- Michael Riley Burke as Ted Bundy. I think it was a pretty accurate uh, depiction of what happened. Actually, it was a pretty grimy movie. Like Nick said, That's it kind of had one. a yeah, that made for TV feel almost. If there was R-rated shit on TV, right? Exactly, and like fucking dead bodies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The actor was good too, and like we said, the Savini cherry on top. So mm-hmm. yeah. You know, another thing I noticed I wanted to mention just in comparison because we'll be leading into this here soon uh, was, uh, you know, Henry Lee Lucas was a drifter and like later in uh, Bundy's life, he seemed to have become a drifter too because like um, in the film, if you remember, he tells like his girlfriend, you know, I'm going to go out to college. Well, he really wasn't going off to college. He was like just traveling out to what was it like the West Coast and shit, killing fucking hippie hitchhikers along the way. Stealing shit and stuff, yeah. <clears throat> just to get his kicks for his addiction pretty much because he was addicted to killing. Exactly, and like who knows how many, you know, girls he killed along the freeways and shit, you know. Uh, it's probably just into hundreds, you know. That's why I'm, you know, I'm thinking that like some of these, uh, some of these crimes that he was trying to help solve before he died, you know, he probably could have solved a lot more of them because I can guarantee this guy probably was able to, you know, go from point A to point B and kill all these people. He didn't have a job. Right. You know? And he's not, a, and he's a thief, so he'll just, anyway. he'll just steal what he needs to get down the road, you know? I'm sure this guy has done plenty of gas and goes. Well, for sure. You know, he probably gas and goed all over the countryside killing people with his little fucking, uh, his little bug. His little white <laughs> Volkswagen love Volkswagen. bug. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think there was another Bundy movie that was just put out, uh, <laughs> Kane Hodder's and that. I think you can watch it instantly on Netflix, actually. Yeah, if you want to watch a piece of shit. Yeah, I was going to... I was gonna say, like, watch it, watch it instantly. Like, if I can watch it in five seconds, I'll do it. But if I gotta sit there an hour and a half, fuck it. <laughs> watch it instantly. I want to yeah. like put on these glasses and just have it instant. Fuck, I don't want to waste my time with it. Cause yeah, like you guys said, it's a piece of shit. So right, for sure. Kane Hodder's gonna beat me up for that. But sorry, Kane. Like, you must have needed the money, man. I know how it is. Right, it's a paycheck. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to stay behind the mask. Definitely, definitely. There's another uh, movie made about Bundy in 1986, made for TV movie called The Deliberate Stranger, starring Mark Harmon. 
I actually haven't seen this one, but it's got pretty good reviews, and I don't know if you guys might want to check that out. I totally want to check that out. I like made-for-TV stuff. I uh, get a real kick out of it, a lot of nostalgia. And, like, uh, the Gacy made-for-TV one was excellent. It had the highest rating on any of them. For sure. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure there was a movie made on that book that lady wrote, The Stranger Beside Me, when she was working with Ted for the Democratic Party. Okay, yeah, I yeah. think it's um, I think it's included on a three pack with um, what's it like uh, six degrees of fucking helter skelter or whatever, and um, it's got another one on these guys. Can't remember where they were from, but they caught them somehow. I think they found credit cards or something. They were killing all these people for a while, like a team killer, serial killer, so. Right. I, I think it's in uh, Walmart, Six Degrees of uh, uh, Helter Skelter. I think that's what it is. Six Degrees of Burt Young. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Eight Degrees of Polly. But you can get that in a three-pack, I think, uh, at Walmart for five bucks, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was there anything about Bunny in the Green River movie? I think it was made for TV, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go, they, uh... I got that on VHS. They actually they have a scene where they go and interview uh, Bundy in the jail, and he's that's where he's giving them the information and stuff, where he's helping with the Green River case. Oh, I remember that scene. They yeah, in trade for helping them with the case, they were bringing him um, uh, these magazines that must have been put out in like the eighties or something of like yeah, crime yeah. scene photos, and he's masturbating to them. Yeah, like remember those that? True, true, true Detective magazines that used to have, like, chicks posing with guns and tr- greasy True Detective stories and right. supposedly True Detective stories, yeah. Well, like yeah, but it did have crime scene stuff. photos, like I said, too, and that's what he really mm-hmm. liked was the see the bodies and masks to it. So he really was a true uh, necrophiliac. Yeah, he was, actually. Oh, fuck yeah, pervert to boot. Yeah. <laughs> I can't These really are the kind of people I have to fucking work with. Like, fucking, I, I see this shit on fucking true-life basis, fucking perverts like this. Not not to this degree, but... Right, exactly. But, budding, budding Ted Bundy perverts. Right, future future Bundys. Future Hall sure. of Famers, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I couldn't find too many more uh, films on Ted Bundy that I know of. I'm sure there's a lot more out there, but like I said, I've only seen really that one... From uh, 2002. Yeah, Ted Bundy, I'm still waiting for the big thing to come with him. Like, he hasn't influenced cinema as much as Gacy and some of the other ones uh, that we'll cover in this um, March Month of Madness. But uh, definitely uh, some solid movies out there, like, if you're interested in checking out uh, some Ted Bundy action. Like, Bundy for sure is the one to check out. These other ones I can't really say, but that made-for-TV one looks or sounds solid, too. Well, that's it. You know, like, I didn't really know too much about Ted Bundy, like, before I read some of this stuff, and that's why I don't think a lot of movies are made about him. It just doesn't seem like he was as brutal as the other ones, I guess. Not as... I mean, he was brutal, but it just doesn't seem like he had as much of a legacy that he left. Yeah, well, that's because he was a whiny-ass bitch when he went out. Like, you know, like you guys were saying, Gacy said, you know, kiss my ass. He was crying, you know. Please! Yeah. Gacy was hard, yeah. Right, but, Gacy's yeah. like, fuck you! <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck. Uh, see you in hell kind of attitude, and Bundy's like, please, just give me a few more years. Well, yeah, he was still bitching about how, like, the porn fucked him up when he was little, and even right. when he was sit- sitting down to die, he was just complaining. 
it's not his fault that society warped his mind. Right. Yeah, he used that as a defense. Yeah, porno warped his mind as a young kid and stuff. Well, yeah, that hustler. was a hot. That was a. That was a hot. That was a hot button, man. Back like he see. I'm sure he watched TV and he knew like this was a big thing that he could latch onto. See, there he goes again using his smarts for evil. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Remind- Reminds me a lot of, like, Kenneth Bianchi of the Hillside Stranglers fucking using his, uh, in, well, Bianchi wasn't as smart as Bundy, but using his intelligence to try to manipulate them to try to get out of it the way he used split personalities and shit. That's getting off track. Right, right. Yeah, that's about all I got, though. I mean, there's a lot more information online. I just kind of skim through it really fast and give you all the information, but if it sounds interesting, I'd definitely check out more and definitely check out those movies, too. Well, you know, it's it's nice to just, you know, give a little introduction to some people out there that might not know too much about these people. I right. mean, it, you, you know, I can understand, like, uh, I know Derek West said that he wasn't really into serial killers and stuff, and, uh, you know, some people uh, might be intrigued by this stuff. Better, some like, people might be... be turned off. I mean, it's it's natural, you know, it's it's pretty, pretty disgusting shit, and it's definitely a... Uh, darker side that exploited cinema wants to touch upon but uh mm-hmm. well it's kind of it like the car, car accident that. it's kind of like a car accident theory you know you don't want to look but you have to it's just so interesting that you really want to know more about it mm-hmm. right like what what brains look like on the windshield yeah i've always been intrigued by uh, the whole serial killer madness so i think it was something i wanted to do so yeah i don't know derek you better like it I think it's a whole like detective thing, you know, too. And yeah, uh, totally. Gumshoot. You know, you, you want to, yeah, you want to like track down all the facts on these people and know like every aspect. And maybe so I think some heads, people yeah. out will get in their heads and not only that, but I think some people out there might think, well, maybe with some of these guys there was a stone unturned, and maybe I could solve another murder that you know they'd never even thought about or. You know, I'm sure there's people out there like uh, crime buffs that are, you know, that's kind of got that mentality, so. Right. Mm. Yeah, and people just, normal people just want to know how depraved a human being can get, so they just kind of look into it and you find out about these guys. Right, exactly. So I guess we'll roll in uh, to another break if that's all you got, uh, Andy. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Okay. We'll uh, roll into a break here. Uh, when we come back, I'll be telling you guys a little bit about uh, another depraved maniac named Henry Lee Lucas. So, uh, of course, uh, keep it tuned here. You're listening to Exploited Cinema. Hi there. My name's Ted. Nice to meet you. I just needed to hear your voice. I hate the way you make me feel sometimes. Now that I can see how young you are, well, let's just say that I'm too old for you and leave it at that. One day, you'll find a love that's deeper and more meaningful than anything you've ever imagined. The sociopath will lie, he will cheat, even kill to attain his ends. His name was Ted Bundy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. And if you think you know his story... I don't want there to be any secrets between us. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Think again. Melissa Smith? 
Wendy Fitz, Anita Mintier, Stephanie Markson, Ellen Carter, Betsy Walter, Lynn Adams. You never heard of any of these women? I don't like the tone of your voice. What could be more loving than having me take total control? But mostly I just want to be normal. 35 women. Sorry, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to accompany me to the station. Ten states. Two escapes. One man. I know they're going to kill me sooner or later. I don't want to die. I'm not going to lie to you. all righty guys welcome back uh mm-hmm. to the third uh portion of our i guess three-part series of serial killers um yeah and this the was extravaganza the, yeah it's been it's been like uh kind of like going to like a mexican restaurant and getting like three or four different platters and and you will get the shits after this as well. Oh my god! I was gonna say if serial killers are about as much pain in the ass as fucking burritos. <laughs> At least in my area, we don't have real Mexicans where I live, so the burritos ain't very good. So, <laughs> fuck, wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, so Sorry, anyway, just, yeah. it's no, it's all right, man. So, uh, anyway, uh, Henry Lee Lucas was also called the, uh, confessional killer, apparently, and he was, uh, born August, uh, 23rd, 1936. Um, his hit list, uh, are, was, like, uh, three confirmed victims, and then, um, basically he confessed, uh, to over 600 other crimes, like, as far as, like, murders and stuff. Yeah, that's why he was called the confessional killer, because he just... Whatever crime, whatever murder, you, if you had a murder and you needed to fill, you know, the suspect, and you need a suspect, he was your man, basically. Fuck. So, I'm surprised he, he wasn't claiming some up in, in Canada there, J-Dog, by you. <laughs> probably did. Right, he probably was. So, uh, anyway, he uh, lived in a uh, one-room cabin in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, um, well, I mean, the guy was born in 36, so I'm sure he did live in something like that. It was probably mm-hmm. off in the woods or something. I can only <laughs> imagine what it was like, a little Unabomber shack. But, uh, yeah, his mother, uh, was named, uh, Viola Dixon, and, uh, she was like a prostitute, alcoholic bitch, basically. And, uh, yeah, she was a bitch, all right. And, uh, his, his father, uh, was Anderson Lucas, and, uh, he was, like, uh, crippled and stuff, but basically he used to work at the, um, at, at the, uh, uh, railroad as, like, I don't know, I don't know what he was, like, he was just some kind of employee, it didn't really go into details of what he did, I don't well, think he was a conductor. The old cunt passed out drunk on the tracks and lost his legs, is what happened, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically, well, that's what kind they said, like, he, it was, yeah. the thing ran over his legs and just, like, I don't know, chopped him off or whatever, so. Yeah, cause he was, like, the guy, like, fuck, he'd wheel himself around on his little cart. He had no legs, and fucking the mama, she'd bring tricks into the house, and she'd just kind of push him into the corner and wheel him into the corner. Exactly. Cor- 
make poor Henry sit there and watch as she'd be fucking turning tricks in the house and the poor husband was being degraded. It was it was a fucking nasty scene as child. So she was running the show at the house for sure. Basically. Well, dad had no legs, so <laughs> what's he going to really do? Right. So he's a longer chain to whip that ass. Like, yeah, she'd bring tricks in the house and literally just push his little cart into the corner and just kind of like, fuck you, old man, let's see you come stop this. Like, must have been hard on him. Not, 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 well, uh, poor Henry. Well, yeah, I mean, he was abused and beaten and shit. Not only that, but, uh, she would, uh, you know, wa- make him watch and stuff and her fuck these Johns and everything. And, uh, mm. I, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's incest that went on too here as well. I mean, who, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that did happen. I'm sure she tried to pull some fucking, uh, Norman Bates shit and, like, make him fuck her, you know? I, I, I think he's hinted towards it in some interviews, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a possible incest of relationship between him and his mother, yeah. Well, she would dress him in women's clothes, too, as well. Mm. At uh, at 10, uh, Lucas <laughs> was accidentally stabbed in his, uh, in his, I think it was his left eye, by his brother. And uh, the mother, you know, being the piece of shit she was, pretty much ignored it. Uh, for four days until the fucker became infected, and I don't know if it just rotted out of his head or what the fuck Jesus. happened. Yeah, exactly. Pretty pretty vicious. Uh, and he have a glass eye. Yeah, he had, he rocked a glass eye after that from from there and out. So uh, it didn't seem to to slow him down, I guess, because he was like a drifter and shit, you know, throughout later in his life. But. Uh, <clears throat> Jumping ahead a bit, but uh Well, he'd always be ready for a game of marbles anyway. <laughs> Just pop it out and boom, there you go. Oh jeez. So uh moving on in uh in forty nine his father died of uh hypothermia. Basically he um he was drunk and he collapsed outside during a blizzard and uh pretty much uh froze to death. Um, bitch wouldn't let him in the house, yeah. Well, Possibly, I don't know. What? What was he walking back from the bar? Like, what? How did all this happen? Wheeling himself back, yeah. Right. Like, what, is he dragging himself across the lawn? That's what I wondered. Like, I had to like look at that fact and go, wait a minute. That sounds that's strange. A, I'd like to see this actually. <laughs> that sounds strange. So, but uh, anyway, uh, Henry uh, basically from there on out dropped out of school in sixth grade, and uh, he ran out, ran away from home and uh, basically drifted around Virginia for quite a while. Um, this is when uh, his life kind of uh, you know turned to crime and everything. Um, this is also a period of time when he claimed that he dabbled with a little bestiality and uh, theft. So it was his it was his brother that showed him the bestiality, wasn't it? Or I'm not sure about It was a family member that introduced him to it. I, I know that. Okay. Well, he, he got into it heavily when he ran out away from home. So, uh, you know, he, he dabbled in it and theft and burglary. That's probably how he, you know, had, you know, had money and stuff to live was probably from just robbing houses and stuff left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, beanies. Mm-hmm. June 10th, 1954, he was convicted for a dozen burglaries and served four years in prison. He escaped in uh, 1957, but was caught three days later. September 2nd, uh, 1959, he was released uh, for that crime. Mm -hmm. Um, That same year, he moved uh, to uh, 
I think it's Tecumseh, Michigan. I'm not really familiar with that area, um, even though I do live in Michigan. I mean, Michigan's a huge state, so I haven't been yeah. everywhere. Yeah, lower Michigan and all that shit. Yeah, it's actually down near uh, Detroit is where it is. Um, and he, he moved there to live with his half-sister, Opal. Um, in Jan- January 11th, 1960, um, while living in uh, in Michigan, uh, Lucas killed his mother during an argument. Uh, he basically stabbed her in the neck. And mm-hmm. um, police stated she died of a heart attack caused by the blow. Like, um, I'm guessing blood loss and stuff and just, like, yeah. the attack fucked with her, like, scared the fuck out of her. I mean, someone stabs you in the throat. Like, it's probably going to well, be yeah. shocking to you. Especially if you're an old crow and it happens to you, yeah, you're going to have a heart attack. Well, uh, Henry basically claimed that he thought he had killed her instantly, but actually she sat there and bled out, and um, his sister actually came home and... uh found her on the floor in, like, a pool of blood, like, just, you know, trying to grasp to life, but, you know, she'd already laid there and bled out so long that by uh, the time probably paramedics showed up, uh, she was already gone. And um, I've also heard uh, rumors that he, he, like, uh, fucked his mother's corpse, too, as well. Mm -hmm. I've heard that, too. true or not. It's in the documentary. I've watched, yeah. Okay. So, um, basically, he hightailed it, uh, he tried to hightail it back down to Virginia, but, like, on second thinking, he thought maybe it would be better if he came back to Michigan, and, uh, they nailed him in, uh, Ohio, probably, like, a traffic stop, and he had an outstanding warrant for this murder, obviously, in Michigan, and they shipped his ass back on up. Um, from there on out, uh, basically, he was, uh, sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison, um, he only served 10 years, uh, and received, uh, early release because of prison overcrowding. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys got out that way. Yeah, and I'd also like to say, because I live in Michigan, I think it's pretty fucked up that, that Michigan let this sick fuck out, especially if he really did fuck his mother's body after. You're fucking sick, dude, and yeah. there's something wrong with you, and you do not need to be out in public. Like, you, you shouldn't be in the public. You shouldn't be in society. There's something wrong with you. And if they would have kept him locked up for 20 to 40 years, you know, he pro- may have never went on to do any of this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if, well they really, yeah. if they released him, who'd they keep in? Yeah, who knows? Fucking petty drug dealers or some yeah. bullshit like that, you know? So it, Was it on this stint where he met Otis? Or is it later on in, in well, the prison? Well, um, basically, uh, he after he got out of prison, after the early release, uh, he drifted around the South until um, he did actually yeah, meet uh, serial killer Otis uh, Tool in 1976. Well, he and, met him in prison, though, didn't he? Mm, I'm not sure. It's not. It didn't say that. I think okay. that they met up. They were friends, um, and they decided to start like a uh, what was it? Homosexual uh, kill squad was what I think they called it, or something like that, where they were gonna just drive around the country and like kill people, basically. Yeah, well, it was kind of like if uh, they killed a woman, Henry killed the woman. If they killed a man. Otis killed the man because Otis was like flamingly gay. So, like, he, right, but he, they he was a big that... motherfucker. Like, he'd wear dresses to the bar and shit, and want motherfuckers to talk shit just so he could beat the shit out of them. Like, yeah, he was flamingly gay, but super tough to boot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, 
so these guys hooked up, and um, there's all kinds of rumors floating around that they they joined this cult, and this cult, you know, uh, was sending out sending them on these kill missions and stuff. And you know, I have my theories on things like um, like one of the murders they said it was impossible. The uh, the orange sock murder it was impossible because. Mm-hmm. He, they said that he was. They had records of him working in Florida, and that they had cash checks. Well, if this guy's involved with a cult, don't you think somebody could be going and cashing these checks for him, going and doing work for him, and saying, "Yeah, I'm Henry Lee Lucas." You know what I mean? Like if just yeah. filling in, or or have like obviously some of these. I think the um, the roofing company he worked for was somebody out of this cult, supposedly. So there you go. All this guy's got to say is, uh, yeah, he was here at work today. Yeah, we paid him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we'll fill in the blanks while we send you on these missions. So I don't know exactly. That's how they kind of tried to say he didn't commit all these murders that later on. But um, I'm jumping ahead, of course. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to June 11th, 1983. Uh, Lucas was arrested for... Uh, an unlawful firearm possession, and um, then later charged with the killing of 83-year-old uh, Kate Rich of uh, Ringgold, Texas. And um, Lucas claimed that he was like treated badly, like he was stripped down naked and uh, made for three days to like sleep in a cell while they fucked with him and shit, and uh, wouldn't give him toilet paper, wouldn't give him you know pillow, wouldn't give him anything, you know, any comfort. Well, that's that's common practice, man. Yeah, like, but when you sit in a, a when you sit in a holding tank, you don't strip them down and leave them naked and fucking fuck with them, dude. Do you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. If nobody's looking, spray them down yeah. with a water hose. Really? Flick, flick the lights on and off, shit <laughs> like that. Crazy motherfucker. So oh, yeah, anyway, greasy. So, uh, anyway, uh, he claims that, uh, basically he confessed to these murders to, uh, improve his living conditions. And, um, he also, uh, confessed to, um, Otis's niece's murder, too, as well, even though they didn't even know for sure if that was her. Because, uh, I guess she was chopped, Becky, yeah. into, chopped into little pieces, I think, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. That was the closest thing to a girlfriend, uh, Henry ever had, too, was Becky, eh? Pretty much. Um, I'm guessing, yeah. There's no real history of anybody else other than Otis, and I don't know, I'm sure they did some fucking weird shit together, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was quite a bitter senior, though, eh? Like, probably close to 20 years. Um, yeah, I think so. Because she was only, what, 12, 13 or something? When yeah, she was 12 years old at the time. Yeah, they, they um, actually... Uh, she, too, she ran a, she ran away from uh, school and they basically went and picked her up from school and uh, she ran away with them basically and went on well, like Sam her, her, her legal guardian ended up dying and uh, she was left to the care of yeah Henry and Otis yeah was, she was like the courts left her to the care of Otis because that was her uncle or something like that and you got two convic- like two ex cons so I can throw in a little girl like eh, bad bad mix. Bad mix. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, rolling with that, uh, Lucas uh, pleaded guilty to these murders and uh, went on to confess to, like I said, like 600 other murders. And uh, he was soon uh, being transported, like, all over the state, um, being questioned by all kinds of different law enforcement, I'm sure. 
state, county, uh, you know, local, local law enforcement into these small towns too as well, um, to help solve some of these murders. And, uh, along the way, Lucas was given like special treatment. You know, he was provided, uh, TV. I'm sure he got to eat McDonald's mm-hmm. and burgers and milkshake and pretty much whatever he wanted. He had like smokes by the case, not by right. the carton, but by the case. Exactly. Like, he was hooked up. Almost like a gangster be, would would be in prison. Yeah, basically, and that's why he kind of was like along for the ride. He was like, "Fuck, I'm living it up, you know. Like uh, this is gonna be a long life if I can keep it rocking like this. I'll be able to just ride it out, and prison won't be so bad, you know." So if you um, accumulate enough cigarettes, you'll be able to do some easy time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he made the mistake of um, of uh, you know claiming that he did this one murder, which was the Orange Sox murder, and the only reason that it's called that was because be- I guess the girl was like she wasn't ever identified, um, and all she had was like what uh, just orange socks on when they yeah she was a Jane Doe that uh, was left naked except for orange socks by a bridge, I believe, is what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, like. I don't even think, like, he for sure knew, like, where the places were and, and whatnot, but they just filled in the blanks for him for the most part. Well, they'd, they'd, or, give him, or, uh, they'd give him cold case files to look at. He'd sit there and look at this shit. And, and was supposed to memorize it. And then they'd uh, ask him about stuff, and, well, of course he knew the details and stuff. Fucking, he just had the files in his hand half hour before. Right. It was, it was a fucking retarded investigation. But the mistake on his part was, uh, I guess, maybe not thinking that uh, Texas had a death penalty, and if he was convicted, he could, you know, get the death penalty. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, he did. And, uh, you know, overall, though, uh, basically, after that, he he basically, like, recanted all of his uh, claims on, like, all these 600 murders or whatever that he was claiming, once he knew that, uh, oh shit, they are, they're really gonna put me to death, they're not fucking around. Yeah, uh, he just went on the record and said he did it for the smokes and stuff. Afterwards. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Cheap I did fuck. it for the milkshakes and for the smokes and for the McDonald's, I didn't kill anybody. Just Chief, that old lady. Chief son of a bitch. Yeah, the old lady and the girl he claimed, and of course, let's throw mama in there, cause you know he for sure killed mm-hmm. her, so he's throw gonna- Throw mama from the train, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, so uh, but yeah, I mean, he was uh, convicted of uh, 11 homicides, and he was given uh, the death penalty for orange socks. Um, later they found that he was in, it was impossible that he could have killed orange socks, and um, you know, cause orange he socks. had, because he had, what's that? Oh, and I was just babbling. I said, tube sucks. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, because no he sense. had this, like, uh, work history in Florida, and, uh, you know, like I said, he had check stubs and whatnot, uh, cashed or whatever. So, yeah, basically in 1998, the death penalty was commuted to life when uh, old George W. Bush gave him a pardon. when He was, he was the only one that uh, Bush ever pardoned, too, I believe, wasn't he? Well, it goes as far back as uh, this was the first pardon since the um, restoration of the death penalty after Greg Vort versus Georgia in 1976. I don't know what that case was, but it was bad enough that they brought the death penalty back. So, um, <laughs> Must have been a gooder. 
And then what? What? Uh, he he lived what three more years and uh, died what March thirteenth two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he died from heart failure. Uh, he was sixty four at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I look at it as uh, that they saved the ta- saved the taxpayers money actually because he ended up dying anyway. And like, think about how much money it would have cost to actually put him to death and his last meal and all that bullshit. You know, it was really cheap. Was it really cheaper, do you think, in the end, to to feed and house him for three more years, J Dog? What do you think? You know, you know how much this shit costs, don't you? Or... Yeah, probably would have cost more to feed him for the three years. Do you really? Do you think so? Yeah, it costs. What is this? what is the number? It's ridiculous. The number is like, you know, it's it's like forty thousand dollars a year or something that costs to house an inmate. Jesus it, might be, might, it might even be more than that. And how, many, fig- and how many inmates you figure would in all say, that shit. how many inmates would you say is in like an average uh, penitentiary? Like I'm talking bar- supermax in the yeah. states. Oh, you're sitting anywhere. You, you got up to like probably five, eight thousand inmates in some of those places. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like my jail has um four hundred. Yeah, forty thousand dollars is a lot, but I, I'm wondering how much it costs to like actually execute somebody, though. I'm sure there's a cost behind it. There's got to be. It's got to be yeah, less than thirty thousand. Yeah, oh yeah, it would definitely be less than thirty thousand. Yeah, I don't know really what the cost. We don't have uh, we we don't have executions in Canada, so right. Yeah, we need to really figure that out. Hard well, to say though. Well, it definitely uh, would uh, be cheaper, though. Be cheaper to just fry the guy. Well, I mean, they kept him alive for quite a while too, as well. I mean, they could have fried him back, you know, in the early '90s, and they didn't. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if there were still court dates going on in the early. I don't know how long his court, you know, stuff lasted on a lot of these trials. That I'm sure he went to trial on a lot of these uh, cases that he was claiming uh, to have been involved in. They run appeals and stuff, and, we, and he had Otis backing him up on a lot of the shit, too. Like, Otis had nothing to lose. He was sitting there doing life, too, so. Well, yeah, <laughs> Otis had his own little uh, rampage. Uh, I think recently um, they confirmed that he was, uh, what was the the host of America's Most Wanted? They they confirmed that he for sure killed that guy's son. Adam Walsh? Yeah, and ch- yeah chopped his head off and everything. They're they're. They're for sure. They thought Dahmer did that. did that for a bit too. Yeah, they thought uh, they thought Bundy could have done it around that time too. I think, didn't they? I'm not even sure. I just knew Lucas was the main one they were after for that. You mean Tool, right? Yeah, that's an yeah. Opinion. Well, yeah, I mean it could have been Lucas could have been around. I'm sure he was around Florida that time too. He could have been there, um, but I just don't see that as his target. Of, you know. Uh, what 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 that kid was eight years old nine years old little boys wasn't his thing maybe that's older twelve thing though twelve thirteen year old boy yeah twelve thirteen year old girls uh oh, um Lucas was might have been in but yeah Tool was into the young boys and true that yeah. true that so uh, I guess we'll jump into the uh, I guess uh, film connections or whatnot uh. Mm-hmm. yeah before the fans are like these sick fucks they just talk about serial killers. <laughs> What's it got to do with movies? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll throw this in. I guess the only reason we're even talking about movies is just to, you know to keep it close to cinema. So mm-hmm. keep um, it exploited cinema. Yeah. 
I guess the uh, most notable uh, uh, film to date would be uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh, starring, of course, uh, the boss, Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, this isn't exactly a beat-for-beat um, beat, uh, historical uh, retelling of the story, uh, but it's no, good on its own. Not at all. Pretty it's, loosely based, yeah. It's got some interesting <clears throat> um, scenes in it, and uh, I think overall, I think um, Rooker's uh, performance in this is a decent portrayal <laughs> of probably how uh, Lucas's mind actually worked. You know, I can do whatever I want. I can get away whatever with whatever I want, you know? Well, it's great character study. I love it. I like part two as well. I'm going to have to check that two. out. Yeah, I've nev- never seen that either. It's a, a lot of people say it's a piece of shit. I think it's not bad either. Now, Dark Sky puts that out too as well, huh? The, the second one. Yep, the yeah. two disc. I got a VHS of it, but... So now, what does that show, like, his trial, and what does it go into, or does he just keep on going? I mean, I know uh, it's, it's really... Yeah, it just keeps on going, yeah. It's got a different guy playing Henry. Yeah. But, yeah, it just keeps on going. So, um, with that note, uh, there was another uh, film, I guess, adaption or whatever, uh, and I've never seen this one. It's called Drifter, uh, Henry Lee Lucas. And I think it was released uh, not too long ago, actually. This is a newer newer film that was put out. I haven't seen that either. So uh, I'd love to check it out. I, I like a lot of these, um, you know, true crime films on serial killers and stuff. So it'd be worth a, it'd be worth a, you know a, a, a viewing at least once, as long as it doesn't have Kane Hodder playing, you know, Henry. He's got to be in there somewhere. He's got to he's got to play every serial killer ever known to man. Even though it doesn't look like any of them. Even even all of the like um, black serial killers. <laughs> I was going to say if they, they're going to make a movie on Wayne Williams and have him playing the killer or something. Exactly. <laughs> like fuck. Ridiculous. You guys are probably like Wayne who? But yeah, that's another serial killer for another day. That's the Atlanta child murderer. That's who that cat is. Nice. All have colorful names here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they all got flashy nicknames, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got anything else to add on that? I, think, I guess you pretty much said it all. Like, that's about the only ties to the cinema. But Henry oh, Portrait of a Serial Killer, great film, though. You know, I'm sure there's more stuff I could have went into as far as, like, on The Real Man. But we, we could, I mean, we could have actually dedicated... An episode per serial killer, if we really wanted to oh, delve in. Sure. We're, we're we're really just got, giving you, um, I don't know, uh, uh, serial killer aficionados, I guess, future serial killer aficionados, like a taste of um, of the sickos out there that were crawling around during the '60s, '70s, and '80s. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. kind of breaking the ice, if you will. Give them a taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taste of the action for sure. So um, okay. I guess we, with that said, we can roll the show uh, to a break, and um, we'll come right. out, come back with the uh, outro, and of course roll the show out, and um, and uh, let you just roll it out right now if we wanted to. We oh, can do whatever we want. It's well, our well, show. Let's <laughs> let's cut to a break because I I know we probably want to get into uh, next week's episode and maybe just give them a heads up on. Um, 
the next three we're going to cover and uh, maybe some future shows. So uh, with that True said, that. with that said, uh, I'm going to roll you guys out and uh, we'll jump to a break. And uh, you, of course, you're listening to Exploited Cinema. Otis, plug it in. Did you really kill your mama? What? Did you really kill your mama? I guess I did. She must have treated you real bad. She was a whore. Susie! You used to dance naked? Sure, all the time around town. Otis. Best little naked dancer you ever saw. You never. You're telling me you never killed anybody before? I ain't saying that. Open your eyes, Otis. Look at the world. It's either you or them. You know what I mean. Do that, Otis. She's your sister. I feel like I know you. Like like I've known you for a long time. I feel like I've known you forever and ever. It's like the blood droppings from a deer you shot. And all they gotta do is follow those droppings and uh, pretty soon they're gonna find that deer. I killers and how they relate to cinema i know we go a little long-winded at times and the quality isn't always the best because we are a fly-by-night podcast but still hope you guys enjoyed it though i know yeah. i had a blast yeah again i'm really i'm really sorry about the quality and i think it might have to do with um the snowstorm whipping in on your end uh j-dog and not only that but this is all this is like um you know only like our second time that we've actually been able to dabble with um the three-way action of uh, co-hosting mm-hmm. here, so... Yep. <clears throat> yeah, we had a three-way with another uh, 
with another member here a few days ago. So <laughs> that's, that's good first, times. This is the first three-way I've ever been involved in, so I just want to thank you guys for that. No problem. I mean, we're we're spreading three-way magic, um, you know, everywhere we go because we're, you know, the sleaziest podcast um, on so the planet. On so the planet, heard. yeah. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys. Street. Just want to thank you guys for uh, letting me join in here. I give you guys a lot of credit for doing this and Profondo Cinema as well. They're a great show, and I can't believe they do this every week. This is a process. You finally got to see uh, what goes into making a show and stuff, and you're like, God damn. Yeah, between we come on once in a while. Yeah, it's like that, between that was time walk to, in the park, buddy. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time to put the show together and to do the research. I mean, as you could probably tell from my segment, I uh, stuttering a little bit, a little nervous to be with the uh, idols here on Exploited Cinema. So, oh, it wasn't that bad. And like, shit, man, like you're you're just as you know much of a partner, you know, in this. Uh, crazy mixed up podcast as we are i mean uh you're, you're coming with some boss artwork uh you made that uh, new logo uh for exploited cinema and uh, i know you also did um a serial killer month little uh flyer thing that looked awesome j-dog thought i did it but i couldn't take credit for that one he tried to actually <laughs> That's like, for real like come on who'd you pay to do it as long as you try you know as long as you try Right, exactly. Yeah, mainly the silent partner I like to chime in every now and then. You guys can listen to the Canon Corner on a few episodes here coming up. So, yeah, well, hopefully we can get the regular format back here someday, huh? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Nick always cutting in on me, but anyway, no, I was gonna say, fuck, I know it was awesome having you on the show. Like, I look at you as like uh, one of my peers in the horror world. So it was awesome to finally get you on the show and uh, get 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 you involved in it, man. Like. I know you've been a long-time listener and supported the Fur Ox, and you support this show, and you do a lot of work for us, so it's just great to have you on the show, finally. Just I'm get, glad to get your two cents in. I'm glad to help, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's not a problem. It's like a, you know, an honor to have you involved with uh, with the project and stuff, and... Uh, you know, as far as like, you know, the show goes, I, you know, we, we always wanted to get you involved from like day one. Um, and, you know, try to keep it, you know, a tight knit circle of, you know, uh, mainly, you know, fans and, and friends of the Furox and everything, I think is, is what we've got here. And it's a nice mix. And, um, and I like it's a family it. company. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and I really dig uh, Canon Canon Corner. I think it brings something else to the you know podcast because we're we're co- we're all over the genres, and um, I think that uh, once in a while it's refreshing to come back to um, a little bit of action film talk, and uh, you know throw a little bit of uh, kung fu and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that in there because I mean Canon's got all of that, so for sure. Don't be surprised if some uh, one of these times I hijack the Cannon Corner and get on there with you to talk about some like Revenge of the Ninja or something like that. <laughs> You're more than welcome, brother. Fucking a! I want to talk about some Cannon and Ninja films. That would be awesome. Hell or yeah. maybe you know maybe one day we can do a, like a themed um, uh, just a whole Cannon episode and and have you come back and co-host with us again. I think you guys need a Dolph Lundgren retro. That's what I think. Oh, really? Ooh. What are we talking Red, about Red here? Uh, you basically got Masters of the Universe, Punisher, and Rocky IV. You can work that out. Is what Punisher is Punisher a canon uh, title? No, it's not, actually. Oh, okay. 
What about Red Scorpion? I keep piping in. <laughs> I like Red... You motherfuckers, I like Red Scorpion. I do, too. That's what I'm saying. Well, what about that one? Like, I'm all for it. It's like falling on deaf ears. I'm like wondering, is my end cutting out? They're like, not hearing me? Like <laughs> little like a little guy down here throwing rocks at a window. Hey! Yeah, Savini, <laughs> did, Savini did the effects for that movie, actually. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Got to bring in the Romero ties any chance that we get, yeah. Like Tony yeah. was saying. Got to, got to, just got to get it in there somehow. <laughs> Force it in. Yeah. Yeah, furs. Kick so, in the door and throw the Romero on the floor. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we are going to continue the uh, serial killer month of madness uh, in March here. Uh, well, probably in two weeks here. And uh, you will be joining us again, correct, Andy? I'm going to do my best. We're going to see. If I'm not on there, uh, you know. No, we've had problems with the three-way here just as far as quality, but if I can make it, I'll be on there. Well, you know, worst-case scenario, you can always mail it in like you do the uh, Canon Canon Corner, so we could do right on. Too, right and, on. Uh, and stick her on right in in the middle or something. But, uh, uh, well, you wanted to cover Kemper, right? Yeah, I was thinking Edmund Kemper for the next one. Okay. I yeah. get Gein the Machine. And I'll be taking the uh, still uh, unapprehended Zodiac Killer. If you have seen him, uh, please call, uh, well, your local law enforcement or... Uh, Phone us first. The, so we can the FBI. Well, yeah, I want to interview with the guy because I want to know, well, you know, what the fuck... Get him on the, the show here first. Getting yeah. away with this for so long and not leaving any... I mean, this guy, this guy must have been a genius because... Uh, this guy, uh, the envelopes that he licked and the stamps, they couldn't get no DNA off of it in this mm-hmm. day and age, man. They couldn't, they, they just, it was like, they were having a hell of a time. Like it or something. I seen it on a 2020 special where they thought they caught him finally and figured out who he was, so. Yeah, he's a smart guy, that's for sure. He got away with a lot of stuff for a long time. Well, maybe he wasn't just one guy. You never. That's true. Well, we'll touch upon it, of course. <laughs> On the next cool. up, but, uh, well, yeah, we uh, got lots of serial killer stuff coming still. Like, uh, Nick was saying, we got one more episode and we got a treat coming up after that. So in about a month's time from now, you guys will be getting, uh, to treat your ears to a little music and horror once again, or am I dropping the baby too soon, Nick? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess maybe we'll just leave it at that, and uh, you guys can uh, maybe take a wild guess at uh, what guest we'll have on. You can't put it together, you fucking retarded. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'll give no. you a clue. He extremely... Oh, whoa, I'm giving too much already. He extremely loves Charles Bronson, I think, though. He rhymes with pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andy. Yeah, it's Andy's going to be back on the show. Maybe. Yeah. Rockin' Cannon Corner, huh? Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. yeah, I mean, look look forward to those episodes. And, you know, who knows? We might have a bonus serial killer thing uh, this month, too, as well. Who knows? You know, we've got so many things up our sleeves right now that's, like, not even funny. Yeah, we talk so much shit that we're all over the place. But we're trying to make it all a reality. So expect all kinds of wackiness and... Some surprises out of exploited cinema. We try to keep it fresh, man. That's what we try to do here. Yeah, and I'm like, I, you know, already <laughs> this year started out with some great episodes. I know everybody really enjoyed the uh, Fritz the Cat episode, and I think a lot of people were digging the uh, 
uh, Savage Streets uh, commentary. And honestly, I think that um, we're off to a great start, uh, and I think we're going to have a really good summer with this show. So look forward to some wackiness throughout the summer. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I can cop an interview of Wasteland, too. You know, maybe we can bring the Hess Man onto the show. Who knows? You know, all kinds of surprises. Never know. But yeah, with that, I ain't really got much to add. I just want to thank Andy once again for uh, coming on the show, and it was a blast talking serial killers with you guys. And I just hope the fans got a little bit of something out of this. And Derek out there, I hope you enjoyed, buddy. Uh, I tried to keep it as greasy as I could, but uh, be serious at the same time. If there's actually a fine balance for that, I don't know. <laughs> Eh, so-so. <laughs> cool. I tried to be half-assed professional. It, it worked. I mean, I mean, throughout the shitty quality of the recordings, and I, and I, again, I really do apologize. I would have to say that the patchy recordings were probably the worst, but, you know, it's just time schedules and everything. We kind of had to finagle it, and some of it might seem very heavily edited. I usually don't cut the episodes too hardcore. I like to leave in as much as we can, you know, as far as, like, what was really recorded and everything. But um, this episode, it might feel like it was chopped heavily. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the next episode we won't have such uh, shitty problems. Yeah, the MPAA is going to get a hold of this episode <laughs> and cut the fuck out of it, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, with that said, uh, uh, Dream Warrior, roll us out, man. <laughs> You guys want to listen to the Serial Killer episode, part one, on Exploded Cinema? Stay greasy. Let's go, let's go.